0: For episode 56, Berm Cannon Mark drops by to talk about KTM's brand new at the time 390 Adventure, which we've had for a little while. we had been riding it. We were held under the strictest of embargoes to be able to talk about it. And we let you know everything that we found out about that bike and answer your questions as usual. On this show, we always talk about recluse clutches, and we're going to be putting one in our KTM 390, believe it or not. But if you want to know what a recluse is, you can listen to different episodes of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, where we talk about things like setting them up, what they do, how they make you a better rider, how, well, people that think that they don't make you a better rider probably haven't used them. And they're definitely polar. There's good and bad points to almost anything. Like we always say, nothing's free, but we can tell you how to set it up, how to tune it for yourself. And if you want to get all the inside information, you can always go to recluse.com. That's www.rekluse.com and learn more. And thanks to them for helping getting these podcasts uploaded. And now here's the show. So it's uh, 7.07. We are live in Perump. Nevada, Valley of the Dirt People, home of Dirt Bike Test. Well, it's our second home, actually. We started in California, but we ran away. And uh, now we are out here riding dirt bikes, uh, talking about dirt bikes and adventure bikes, actually. Tonight, I have a special guest. I have Mark, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my, your name, your last name, the best that I can, and then you can criticize me. Kakapalov. One more time. K-ka- k-ka- ka- k-ka- k- I should look at the spelling, and then I can make it even worse. K-ka- Kapalov. One more time. <laughs> Guy. It,
1: it's pronounced Kalpakoff. Kalpakoff. I'm known as Berm Cannon. Brim berm cannon, cannon Adventure.
0: So you have your you have a you have a second identity.
1: Yeah, because I want to try to hide from people. Really? Yeah.
0: What did you do? Now that you're now that you're live on the Instagram. Well, I'm just and shy internets. and I,
1: I just don't want people to know, you know, my real name. Okay. So that way when I have when I get in trouble with the government, I can hide and
0: so you're just gonna go as an alias. You have an yeah. alias thing going. So Which Mar- I've been
1: looking here in Perrump, and I've I've found some really good hide spots yeah. like to so, escape California.
0: So Mark is Berm Cannon, Mark is Baja Diaries. Um I've known Mark for a long time. Um because we cross each other's paths in this uh this moto industry that we're involved in. So uh, he has uh, been helping us out testing a lot of our bikes. He helped out with the CRF 250L rally. I just plopped him onto the uh, KTM 390, and he took a little ride. He took an adventure,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the rain turned his adventure around. <laughs> so he came back. Uh, he came back quicker. And I told Logan, who is he's in the he's in the dunce seat right now. We'll call it. Um, because I texted Logan and I said, Logan, bring your helmet and stuff so you can hop on that thing and then we would have more to talk about. Now, you'd think I'd be picking on Logan right now, but I should just tell you how dumb I am for actually thinking that would work because I said <clears throat> Logan would talk, which kind of strange. I was I, I you know, I feel bad because you know, I, I I I thought that would be a really good thing and then I'm like, "Wait, Logan doesn't talk." In fact, I texted him and now I realized I thought he was a texty. Texty person, he just doesn't talk, but he doesn't even respond to texts most of the time. So, um, I want I want Logan to
1: take that three ninety and go do donuts on his uh, school front lawn. No, that's the real no, test.
0: No, 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 nope. That's bad information. Just <laughs> erase that from your head. I know we would have probably done that, and it's probably one of those things that could have sculpted our our lives for better or for worse. Depends on how you. How it played out, but that's not a good idea. I'm just telling you, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, I wanted you to ride it out to the play area and just go put it around, yeah. just to see see what you uh, what you would think, and then you could add some uh, some extra things into it. So uh, let's get to the business part of it. Hold up that sprocket right there. Yeah, this one here is easier to grab. You can hold it up, and you can actually you can probably do some effects over there with your Instagram followers because they like. Funny, uh this own. looks like a lot of bling going on here that's not bling that's performance my friend that is a ddc sprocket so uh ddcracing.net if you need a good long lasting swiss cheese like sprocket we say swiss cheese because it's made out of stainless steel these things last i would like to say literally forever but i'm sure if you live in the right kind of uh environment you can make them not last forever, but they last forever for me out here in Pahrump or wherever I ride. And I ride all over the place. Uh, he makes uh, sprockets for all different kinds of bikes. I have them on all of my, uh, most of my bikes, the ones that I need sprockets on them. And, uh, they're on my KTM 10 nineties and my nine fifties and on my five hundreds and three fifties and two fifties and four fifties and two hundreds and yeah, everything. So good sprockets. Um, DDC helps uh, us out here. Uh, of course, Climb Gear uh, has been with me for a long, long time, almost as long as they've been making uh, dirt bike gear. So uh, they've been in with dirt bike tests. So if you need some really good, high-quality, long-lasting, cool-looking, super-functional gear, you were wearing Climb today, weren't you, Mark? I was wearing uh, A-Stars. Oh, you had a piece of Climb with something <clears throat> on you, didn't you? No, I do I do not have
1: any Climb gear, No.
0: Oh, that's, that's why you had to turn around when the rain came. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hold right. on,
1: hold on. I did have my uh, Berm Cannon Adventure Windbreaker that's uh, on my store right now. Yeah, so that, it, it did go through the test pretty good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not as good as climb. No it, no, it climbs good. I mean, I just, I, I thought I saw some climb stuff. If you had climbed, you would have just rode right into that rain and never looked back. I should have given you the Power Cross Pullover that I have laying over there. Ooh. Yeah, that thing is awesome for that. So, um. Yeah, climb helps us out. Uh, DDC helps us out. Uh, Kate's bars uh, helps us out every once in a while. I think my my allotment of Kate's bars got cut. I'm gonna have to talk to them about that because it's. I actually don't eat all the Kate's bars that are given to me. Um, I pass them out and hand them out. So you should take that and put it in your pocket because when you get hungry, that is the best thing you can eat on the trail. Have you had K- a Kate's, Kate's bar? real food. Kate's real food. Yeah, it's real food.
1: Wait, this bar is called the handle bar. Yeah. Really?
0: Yeah, she's a dirt biker. Kate's a dirt bike Really? Chick. Yeah, she's gnarly. I mean, huh. it, it shows a picture of a mountain bike, but it's a, it, she's a dirt biker. She well, actually,
1: it's a BMX bike, but she, we'll take it.
0: She raced National Aaron Hounds a little bit, and uh, she actually attempted King of the Motos.
1: What's her last name?
0: Kate Schlade, I think that's yeah. how you pronounce it. Like, you're asking me a name, and I'm bad at names. So um, you, know, you know the rules of being the co-host. Logan, can you tell them the rules of being the co-host? What What happens now? Yeah, you start talking. Okay. So uh, the 390,
1: um, I'm, I'm going to need a, at least uh, more days on it. But
0: Oh, you're getting one, more days one, on
1: one, it. one thing right off the bat was I instantly noticed that it was cutting out on G-outs, not because of the bike. <laughs>
0: not because of the bike. Well, you, you came back and it was funny because I didn't just, listen to Jimmy. We, well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. <laughs> your attention span is typical of most, uh, you know, YouTubers. Motorcyclists. Yeah, mm-hmm. motorcyclists, whatever. Um, it, it, you, you, if you would have listened to it, I did discuss that in my detailed review. But you go did. ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I noticed that when I was riding down the semi jeep trail with uh, about maybe uh, baseball sized rocks. Uh, I hit a couple of G outs and the bike would go. Uh,
0: was it? It wasn't that long, was it? Wasn't it just a quick, like quick, like touch quick the kill one, button? A yeah. quick one. Okay, you, um, so you exaggerated. For exaggerated.
1: Effect. I do that. Uh, it did cut out, and I was re- I was thinking I'm like I heard Jimmy talk about this in his video, but whatever. And I just kept riding it, and then it would do it again, and then after this, after the second time, I realized I was standing up. And my foot was hitting the shifter.
0: So. so so basically our bike has, and we have a question about this, our bike has a, an accessory installed through the computer system. Uh, that's It's quick shift. And essentially, if you would have just taken the bike and, you know, just at any time decided you wanted to shift, it will give you a little rev cut, which you felt, allows the bike to do really seamless upshifts or downshifts, believe it or not um and you can be an idiot with the throttle you don't have to touch the clutch and it'll just magically just take it out of one gear you know you move your foot and it, into the next so you still have to f- physically kind of do the shift so it's funny how an an add-on performance feature caused an issue for you yeah <laughs> well again it was only a couple hours so i i need more time I need well so time. I, I and it was funny because when he took off i went and because I, I Janie. I let Janie ride the bike the other day, and she's mostly a street rider. I actually have, I have a little—I have a little segment about you tonight. tonight. I'll, actually, oh. well, why not? We're, we're we're talking about Janie, so let's go. So Janie is a Harley rider, and she's very proud of the Harley, and that's her—that's oh, yeah, her favorite bike. And she rode it here, it all the way through the gravel from my front gate to this back house, which is gnarly on a Harley, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so. She didn't put her feet down. So, but anyways, I've I've been trying to convert Janie into a dirt biker for a long time now. It's just not working because she's a Harley rider. She's she's she likes the pavement. She's totally content and happy doing that. And I, I have to realize it's like, okay, but I said, hey, try this KTM 390. Because you think about it, she's t- kind of target audience for this. It's like it's like, hey, maybe, you know, you and this is not Janie. You you have not grown tired of riding your Harley. No. Y- not at all. No. But it's like, it's like you start looking at all those gravel and dirt roads that you would never take that bike down.
1: Willingly.
0: Willingly. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're one of those people that's like starting to look at this thing. is like, Hey, maybe, maybe that's something I might be into. So I said, Hey, hop on this thing and take it for a spin and, and go put some miles on it and tell me what you think. And she came back and gave me some really good information. You know, it's, it's, it's a little small and cramped for her. Um, the seating position and stuff c- coming from a Harley rider is awkward. It's, you know, for a long ride, it's not as comfortable as what she's used to. Not it doesn't have a big padded seat. It doesn't. It's not a big lumbering bike that just almost goes straight down the road all by itself. It's a nimble, light handling little, squirrely little motorcycle. Right? It turns really nicely. It turns really nice. You can use
2: your feet
0: for steering. Yep, feet for can? steering. Yeah, yeah. So Which she is
2: different on a dirt bike.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. So she's she she was a perfect uh, candidate to go out and you know put it around and test it. That's it was how. Victim, but that's that. What was that? The
1: word was victim.
0: Victim. Oh, you were a victim <laughs> for taking. No, <laughs> it wasn't a punishment. It was a reward. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah so she had a good time on it and and that kind of helped uh you know it it, it helps give us opinions cuz we we're trying to we you know we're not just like hey we're just a bunch of expert guys that are going to ride around for 10 minutes each and go Pfft, that's for kids or or old women or you know grandma or something else it's like it, it 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 it's amazing how many views that bike has gotten in India where that's a high level performance bike that's a you know that's where it's built by the way but that's a that's a bike that these guys are aspiring to ride because it's not a fifty cc two stroke scooter. That
1: well, I I mean just to touch on that, that's the first thing that hit me was this. That bike is probably really perfect for teenage women. Teen, I say women, but girls. Uh, women of people. small stature. Small uh, people. Because you could <laughs> put your feet legs, on yeah. the ground. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it gives them something to go with their hubbies or their boyfriends on riding, you know, whatever BMW 850 or whatever, if they're going to go on a fire road or not.
0: But yeah. Well, it's, I
2: will say, if you're going to try to put your feet down, that seat is still a little
0: bit hot, <laughs> coming from a Harley that has like a what twenty four inch seat height or yeah. something. Something, something real, real real comfortably put my feet Yeah. So it's and, and, and that that is I, I mentioned that in the video. We talked about it. That that is the one of the major sales points of that bike, of a bike in that category. Because, you know, in and I because I teach motorcycle riding, I teach don't put both feet on the ground. People still want to put both their feet on the ground. That's that's how they say they feel they feel safe because that's how you walk around all day. So um, yeah, uh, lots of uh, lots of questions and comments on that, Logan. Where did that uh, sheet of paper go? By the way, you got them all memorized. Mark has it, or it's they're all on that clipboard. It's all on that clipboard. That clipboard there. Good. Um, uh, I have a couple other questions that are not 390-related. Uh, I'm going to get into those uh, right Can I, Can top. I hit
1: you with a question for the 390? Absolutely. So um, I was on my way back. I had an hour of fire road. So I was thinking to myself, the, the 390 has, like, how much Do we know, do you know off the top of your head how much travel it actually has?
0: It's in the six, six and a half inches, seven okay. inches range.
1: Because it feels like it has like three inches. Oh, really? And it just seems like it would blow out of that. So my my question is, um, what, what makes a manufacturer, or I guess it would be your opinion, but what makes a manufacturer decide on travel when they do a adventure bike? Because I, I feel that, more travel is good and can't hurt, say, the street guy that would use it more for street. I just feel like more travel would just benefit it, all parties. No, it, so wh- it, why do they well, put
0: – no, so-, so, so, okay, so probably – okay, there's probably – in this bike, I think, if I were to, to waver an educated guess, there's two very important things with it, the price tag and the seat height. You know, and and you know, in the in the in the kind of like the, the the things that are always gonna come into play, price tag and seat height with when you're when you're selling that bike. Um so there's all the styling and all the other stuff and you know what you know the marketing behind what it is and how it's done, but price, seat tag. The suspension height, any time you go up in suspension height, what else goes up? Seat height. And the higher seat height is a bad thing. Janie, we didn't even prompt her. What'd she bring up? Seat height. And and it's just because she's very comfortable. She wants to put both feet okay. down.
1: I didn't. And I didn't see that.
0: So 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 so. And then and then when you start talking about street performance, when you start raising the bike up, i.e., suspension travel, it's it's a longer pendulum. You know, when you start, that's why they try to get they try to get street bikes as low as possible. Because when you when you go through those turns and you're doing these big changes, you have enough traction to do crazy crazy changes of direction. And when you swing from turning one direction to the other. You think about the higher you put that weight up, the more of a pendulum it becomes, and it's it's a, it doesn't handle as good. That's why they try to get cars and stuff like that, everything they, they want. When you have good traction, you want to get it really low to the ground so it sticks. And okay. and so higher suspension has that, and then it also has the tendency, taller suspension has a tendency to be a little bit wallowy, you know, because the more suspension travel you're going to, you know, that that initial part of the stroke can be... In a, in a, even a lower one, it can be a little bit wallowy. But typically, when they get up higher, then you know you have more travel, and the bike will do bigger dynamic changes. Um, you know, when you when you load the front end or when you go through a bump and it and it pivots, and that bike is by nature it's set up a lot softer than what we would consider for for you know you mentioned that the suspension feels like it only had three inches of travel, and you're a much more aggressive rider, and you're used to riding things with twelve inches of travel. So yeah, it it feels like yeah. half and. And when you you know, when you go through a bump, if there was twelve inches of suspension sprung like that, it would feel like a pogo stick. So but my my real question would be
1: when they're designing a quote unquote adventure bike, what do you think the engineers are thinking? Are are they just looking at fire roads where they're like, okay, six inches of travel will be okay? Or are they going, okay, adventure bikes should have at least because I think the, the 250L Rally had at least almost eight inches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that bike, you were at least able to kind of go down... You can go faster on a fire road than, say, this 390 where th- it, it, oh, it on a, kind of was... Really? You think so? I mean, comfortably.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: You know? Yeah. So I, I just what do you think the engineers look at when they, when they, when the company comes to the engineers and go, we want to make this adventure bike. Do you think the engineers take in consideration travel I, I think, and what, what this bike's going to be used for?
0: Yeah. Or? Oh yeah. They they, 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 hopefully they know their audience. And I think every brand kind of has a different philosophy. I mean, in, in you, you, you mentioned, we're going to talk about the Ducati, um, uh, desert S- sled, desert sled, uh, and, 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 when, you know, you go, okay, in the adventure market, in reality, kind of, I would, I would you know, say BMW sort of started it. Well, they didn't really start it because it wasn't even a thing. It wasn't a thing called adventure. Ride. It was just guys that were going to take these GSs and go ride around the world or whatever it was. It turned into adventure riding. And they've been in there the longest, and sort of the GS was kind of the standard, and it was this, uh, you know, they want to call it like the Swiss Army knife of, of motorcycles. And then, you know, when KTM came, they came from the racing side. Like, they're... Their adventure bikes were kind of modeled after, you know, like, you know, the the BMW GS got used at Dakar. KTM developed a bike to to be able to go to Dakar. You know, back then, those bikes were allowed. So there was this adventure bike that were, hey, we're going to race it. And there's this adventure bike, hey, I'm only going to ride around the world. And then that stuff started getting popular. You know, Yamaha has always had this Tenere platform. Mm -hmm. Honda has always had this Africa Twin platform. That have been, you know, used in. Um, they were, they were street bikes that were modeled after their Dakar racers that you know had the look of, of, of the Dakar bike, but built to work on the street. And it was just that was just the way that the Japanese interpreted. Hey, we'll go race this thing, and then we'll make something that looks like it. That's a really good. At that time, it would be more of a sport touring bike. I don't know why dirt bike dentists talking d- d- talking about this and breaking this down, but I, I mean, I worked I worked for twelve years at Cycle World magazine, and I, I kind of saw the evolution of of a lot of this, these bikes and was able to ride a lot of the bikes. But now you're getting into where, like, what is it? You know, what is an adventure rider? And I don't I don't have you know access to that marketing data to say you know the guys that are buying the KTM, let's say the seven ninety, you know, are the guys that are buying KTM seven ninety riding it thirty percent off road or sixty percent off road. Yeah. I, I you know I don't I don't know. I guarantee you when they check the box on the form, they all think they're riding 90% off road and 10 on road, but in reality, they're probably more closer to 50-50. You know, they're yeah. they're and and maybe 70, 30, 30 percent off-road. So so when they when they start finding this data out, they're like, hey, we need to make the bike for the guy that's actually buying. Our, you know, uh, you know, it, it, regardless of what the the media says and who you think you are, you, you you still want it to make it work for everybody, and and you know, a lot of times, you know, the media, you know, they're like, oh yeah, we're you know, you know, you're, <laughs> you're around, gonna, you're, you're going to
1: jump down this wormhole. No, I'm not. I'm going <laughs> to stay. I'm going to I'm going to try to take
0: higher ground in this, you know. But it's like, hey, look at us. You know, we're we're jumping this adventure bike. Oh yeah, and it's like it drives me nuts. Uh, jumping refrigerators. Yeah, get it, it's like it's like. Yeah, I can do all that stuff and I don't, you know, I mean, I know I could go on a click fest if I wanted to, <laughs> you know, but I've been out with photographers that <laughs> used me for, I got, I got insta-raped. Did I tell you about my insta-raping story? No. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyways, it's a long story. <laughs> I, <laughs> I probably am not supposed to say it out loud, <laughs> but like, it was funny cause I, you know, I was doing stuff that they were amazed what I was able to do on the motorcycle and, and they're like, oh, and and like they wanted to do it too. And I'm like, and I, you know, they, it was like, okay, it's simple. It's like you take a motorcycle and go the same place and do the exact same thing. And it was funny, the difference in like the end result, like you, you, you know, they probably went what they thought was the same speed and they went off the exact same line and the exact same jump. But when I landed, it was nice and smooth and like this. And when they landed it was, you know, crunch. And is that this computer? Holy crap. It's going to blow. Yeah. I <laughs> well, Can we hear that? Hopefully the sound is knocked out. Give me that pizza box. I'm going to put something up to block that noise. <laughs> but anyways, so they would they would do this thing and and nearly crash. And I literally had to I literally had to 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 stop these guys and say, "Hey, uh look, it's it's what is that thing? Have a turbo in it or something?
1: <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> uh, hopefully that sound isn't too bad. I hate bad sound. Like everybody says, audio is the key to all this stuff. And actually, Charles H. It is, where's Charles H.? Is he there, you know, ready to bitch at us again from last week? Uh, but anyways. He can't hear anything. Good. They, they this these guys would do these big old, you know, not not big old jumps, but they were, for them, they were big jumps and, and clank and stuff like that. And it's was like, ah, wait, don't do that. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, oh, no. You, you don't if you don't know you don't even know you don't even know that, that that's bad for the motorcycle you're gonna bend brake crush it was never ever designed to do that sure you see it in the damn brochures i wonder which asshole you can push was. a refrigerator off the back of a moving truck or a delivery truck I, mm. you know i i wonder which which guy did the brochure photos that showed the bike doing it or which pro dakar rider they had in the in the the thing wait no oh yeah i was that guy
2: <laughs> yeah
0: uh you know it's 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 but in reality, that's not what you're really doing with with bikes like this. You know, um, they make bikes that are designed to doing that. That's why they. That's why the the exc is you know on the KTM world. That's why the exc is based off of the motocross bike, the supercross bike. It's why it has that that level of capability. And this adventure bike is coming from a different side. It's coming. It's it's designed. It's actually based off of a street bike. really light nimble agile you know duke 390 and then and then they said hey we can take this and you know within cost concerns we can make it into an adventure bike and that's sort of what you have and and it's like i say it's affordable the performance kind of meets the criteria i was i was frankly i was blown away by what they were able to put on it as far as componentry and stuff that computer is actually pretty neat and they've done a really good job tuning it for the in, intended audience. It's it's you know it's not a three three fifty xc. We went and rode. So when we went and did one of the photo shoots, me and my wife, we rode out of here on the three ninety and a KTM three fifty. And for ninety percent of that ride, that three ninety was a better bike because we were going cruising down roads, rode across a dry lake bed, you know, on 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 nice two tracks and stuff and. And at that stuff, that's what it's designed to do. You know, when you start hitting bumps, you know, those little square edge things and stuff that that the 350 laughs at and you feel the 390 using the suspension, it's a different thing. The 350, you accelerate through it. On that bike, you should slow down. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, enough enough of it. Did I answer the question? What was the original question? (laughs) Everybody wants to hear the Insta-rape story. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I got 500 followers. <laughs> uh, do, do we lose 150 followers over there for that? <laughs> no, I got I
1: got two questions over there. Oh, you like, do? Whenever, uh,
0: you're, whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Give, yeah, okay, read, so... Read one off.
1: Uh, let's see here. Fire Freddy um, wants to know...
0: When he can ride the 390? He's no, a big boy, right? He's a
1: big boy. He wants to know, <laughs> is it worth it to get the 790 rally or the regular 790 off-road bike
0: um for if you're going to go adventure riding just get the regular one get, get the the, regular so so he's talking about the R or the standard yeah the
1: 790r oh, or the 790 rally
0: oh cuz oh no no so they make a 790 rally and it comes with the price tag i mean it's not it's it's got it's got good forks and, and different, you know, different it's got the WP kit suspension on it and bling. It's like a factory edition of a KTM Well he's a firefighter, so he'd probably want to go with that route. Yeah, if right? you if you wanna if you wanna show up with the coolest <laughs> bike to the party, go for it. Um but in reality what do you need? Standard. Just the R. It's fine.
1: Okay, and then we got um uh troy 66 would you consider changing tires when testing to meet the demands of the area that you ride or are you testing for all around what the manufacturer gives
0: you okay so we are uh let's see the name dirt bike test (laughs) i kind of i kind of make a joke about this all the time so when whenever we get a bike uh, whether it's an adventure bike or a dual sport bike uh, we always test it stock, 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 the way it's delivered. Um, they're generally perfect stalkers, and I've explained that before, but they're, they're stock, they're standard. If the tires we feel are, are cutting into the ability of the bike to perform off-road, we will change or upgrade the tires to a more knobby-like tire like we did with the 390, like we do with KTM EXEs, but we always ride them with stock tires just so we know. And if the tires are more of a street-biased tire, the bike is expected to go on the street, we'll ride it on the street a little bit. But we want to know how it works on, on dirt. So our, our, fo- our, our focus is a little bit more for that type of rider. And in reality, um, I, especially when you talk about the street, because of laws and regulations, you're really limited on how much you can push a bike on the street, like a dual sport bike or a adventure bike. I can break the law on almost any displacement level bike, <laughs> you know, like that KTM 390. It's no problem to go break the law all day long by going too fast on it on the street, whether you have the stock tires or we put the Kenda big blocks on it. Um, there, there's really there's in Sure, we're going to lose some of that performance when you're really carving a carving a turn, you know, by putting a more knobby-like tire on that. But I sure as heck wouldn't want to ride it uh, in the sand or in sloppy mud or whatever with that tire, you know, if we were testing like we do at Dirt Bike Test. So, okay. That's the... So real quick,
1: Jimmy, I want to switch over to Dirt Bike Test uh, Instagram and we're okay. going to go live on there. So if you guys want to continue watching, you can go to Dirt Bike Test uh, Facebook or uh, Dirt Bike Test Instagram. All right. See yeah. you guys.
0: So we're, we're doing a little multitasking here, trying to, trying to you know, expand the audience because we're talking about something that we usually don't talk too heavy on the adventure. We're a little more dirt bike. But I tell you what, when you guys all get old, kind of like Logan, you're going to start thinking about how old are you now, Logan? 14. Yeah. When you you know when you get to about fifteen, you start thinking about adventure bikes. Like I'm just BSing. I think what what age do you start adventure biking? What when Mark?
1: Uh, Canon I mean? Yeah, I got I probably it was some dual sport, really. That's where I'm well, at right the, now. That's but. that's
0: like that's like taking your first, you know, first smoky smoky with your your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> um uh yeah, it it comes along, but you know, don't worry, you'll all end up riding adventure bikes at some point or another, I promise you it's a bad habit or if you like riding it you know um i'm going to work on some of the questions i was going to get to uh originally Uh, a friend of mine bob not san felipe bob is the san felipe bob out there we haven't haven't seen him he's watching um another bob says jimmy in the past you've recommending using narrower rims on some bikes to enhance performance so here's a dissimilar question good lead in um, nobody really talks about off-spec chain mechanics and link dimensions. So what's your thoughts to get the best torque and speed leverage from a high-performance engine to a wheel using a chain drive? Do you make any adjustments from the recommended specs with your bikes? What? <laughs> Are you a tension jockey, and do you check the chain before every ride, or you only make adjustments when you feel the chain slapping? How much attention should riders be on a chain and drive sprockets after all unfortunately most riders don't have a pit crew handling all this attention to detail well i was just going to say if you run ddc sprockets at ddcracing.net um you have one less thing to think about uh as far as uh sprockets because you know your your sprocket is not going to fail but uh back to the the main question man i don't change the quote specs of my chain in other words i mean we used to do it a little bit on mini bikes when we were racing you know that like some xr 100s or something ttr 125s came with a 428 chain and we might have switched it to a 420 chain but that's that's craziness um there's some other things where there was a lot there's a lot of chitter chatter back and forth like does an o-ring chain rob power Uh, not when it's warmed up (laughs) so and uh, i usually like to ride my bike when it's warmed up so i i never i've always run o-ring chains on my off-road bikes Um, i've always run standard chains on my motocross bikes Um, uh, but as far as adjustments i adjust it pretty much how the manufacturer recommends as long as i'm running standard gearing now if i start changing the diameters of my sprockets I pay a little bit of attention to that because i never want it to be too tight. And when I say too tight, this is also pretty important. You have to think about if you're riding in mud and in deep sand and stuff where the chain can start packing up with, you know, so you can actually it get a lot of sand in between your chain and it can drag it around and it can actually tighten the chain up. And, and then when you're, when you're compressing through the suspension, it can put a lot of load on that, on that, um, output shaft sprocket. So, or, on the wheel bearings as well, or on the hub. And I've seen failures in all different kinds of those things when people ran their chains, uh, too tight. So, um, too tight is definitely worse than too loose. And, um, but I, you know, there's, I mean, the amount, the amount of time I've ridden, the amount of, uh. You know factory mechanics I've had to tend to me has been pretty minimal and I've had very few chain failures over those years. So um I I you know a couple other chain tick tricks while we're at it. Um lube your chain when it's warm. So when you're lube your chain at the end of your ride, when you're done riding that's the best time to lube your chain. Uh, you can watch all kinds of videos and things on the internet about different kinds of chain guy oils and and coatings, and whether you're supposed to use W forty and you know. What's up with beeswax? The, what's up with the the guys who raced in the eighties
1: lubing their chain every moto? Was that something that? Was just instilled in those guys' heads, I'd, or I'd, I'd see guys spinning their tire in the par- in the in the parking lot after.
0: Because back in the eighties, everything else was going to break, so you just wanted to, you know, you know, snap chains back then were a, kind of a thing, and I imagine if you didn't lube your chain, you would felt that maybe that could have an effect on mm-hmm. it. I, you know, it just maybe it's I think it was probably more habit than actually you know doing something, and but um, now the materials are so good, but lube your chain uh, when it's. Uh, warm with the you know whatever you decide to use uh if i had a right now if i had an oil sponsor i would tell you that their their chain lube was the best i would i would say that probably but i would have to actually feel that their chain lube was the best and to in order to say that and i use a lot of different chain lubes and um I use a lot of times I use a water, just more of a water displacing stuff. There's certain times when, you know, I I look on the shelf of the different stuff I have. I grab one that's more of a wax and then there's one that's more of an oil. And I can't tell you exactly why I pick one over the other, but I do. I I say, Oh, I have the choice to use this one. I'm going to put this on it. And you know, some of them make more of a mess than other ones. The plane's landing. I could hear it. Yeah. We need to talk to my tech guy about this. You know, if you know, you know, another important thing at, out here, we have that we just kind of come to learn about PERUMP in general. Is so Gabe's not here tonight, and everybody's like wondering why. And so, it's usually what happens is I gave him a check, and you know, I paid him, and I give him a check, and he just vaporizes like, I mean, that's like a certain amount of gas for his, his vehicle, and he just drives away. So, but I haven't given him a check, and he just disappeared. So, Logan, you know what happened aliens, aliens. Yeah. Aliens, got Gabe. aliens yeah. He's, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's abducted because he's just vaporized, gone. I hope they don't do the probe. Yeah. Well, not, not, no. Yeah, he, no, it's Gabe's. So, yeah. If you're wondering where, where Gabe is, that's why we can't take calls. That's why I was late starting. That's probably why the fan. You know, because everybody thinks like aliens are these things that are maybe sized like us and stuff. I think they're little teeny tiny dudes, and they're <laughs> they're hanging out in there, and then they. There, you know, because he works on the computer sometimes. So, uh, Bob, hopefully that helps. Um,
1: what about WD forty to clean and gear oil or oil the gear? Is there any problem with that? WD-40?
0: I, I've used I've used WD forty before. I haven't really had any issues with that. It's it's more of a you know WD forty water displacement, um, and so. It's good, and the reason a lot of times we wash our bikes when they're hot is because then the the lube can you know it's warm it can migrate around. But WD forty migrates around pretty easily, and then when you do wash it, it keeps the water out. It doesn't have to go kind of like chase it, it you know, or it doesn't seal it in. Like the worst thing you do is wash your bike, then lube your chain,
2: hmm.
0: especially with something like a wax, because then you've you've got water in the rollers and stuff like that, and then you put this nice wax seal on it that holds that water in there and it can go in there and do bad stuff. So, or you can just ride a BMW and they have this uh, shaft drive system. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then you don't have to worry about chains at all. Right. That's what I did in Dakar, my friends. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Hey, our friend, Bob, who had the, uh, Husky 300, the T E 300, he was having the problems with, uh, no news. Uh, he says basically they, they his dealership took it apart and, uh, there was cylinder and piston damage, so they have ordered a new piston and cylinder, and that's where they're at. He said his ECU was um, current, and there were no codes or anything thrown in the map. So we're gonna we'll keep following that that particular story. Um, he says hopefully I'll have more information later this week. That's uh that's Mike, our friend Mike with the the Husky. So if you're anxiously awaiting, if you because there's there's probably, I don't know, I'm just going to guess out of our 49 people in the this chat room I'm looking at here, there's probably 3 that have huskies that are waiting for me to say something bad so that they can tear theirs apart to find out or or at least hope that I that we show a picture, we show a picture of Bob's bike cuz it'd be like me to grab that picture and go look every husky does this and then then everybody takes it and then every single one is blowing up magically. Because that's the way the internet works with the (laughs) bike problems. Um, Let's see. And I think we're going to take a deep dive in KTM 390 questions, unless you had a good question about um, one of your other buddies uh, asked us about, like, some counter shaft seals or something like that.
1: Yeah, he asked... We're live on that, so I
0: can't pull it up. Oh, you can't I can't pull it. I think he was
1: talking about.
0: Was it output shaft seal or was it? Yeah, a,
1: he's getting oil on the stator.
0: On a bike that has uh, this is
1: a six fifty R.
0: Okay, that that oh that's bad. Yeah,
1: he wants to know: Will he have to split the cases? I think that was a question to to get at. In
0: oh there. boy, that's a Honda thing. So that's a that's a Johnny Campbell question. Yeah. I don't know if you can pull the um pull the flywheel and the stator off and then like and like and like pop the seal out from the outside. I don't remember on that bike which side it's captured from. Um but yeah, if it if you're getting oil leaking out of the crankcase into a dry stator, uh that's a problem. Uh you know whether it's two stroke or four stroke. Two stroke is a bigger problem because it becomes an air leak and then you lean yourself out and generally have a problem. Um but on the on the other one, now it's kind of pumping a little bit of oil out, and if it's a lot, that's a really big problem. If it's only a little, if it's only weeping, I wouldn't worry about it too much just yet. Especially on an XR, like you're going to see it it, it ta- <laughs> you would pump a lot of motor a lot of oil out of that motor before you're going to be low enough to cause a problem, and that that side cover would kind of fill up. But um, yeah, hopefully that uh, that answers that question. Any other ones? Uh,
1: nothing here on your. Oh yeah, maybe here we go.
0: Yeah, silence mm, is the best. Nothing. It's nothing. almost like Logan They're, was hosting the show.
1: All your uh, followers on Instagram—they uh, know everything already.
0: They already know everything. It's like I'm like a broken record. But hey, that's that's why you know new people could tune in, and if you, if you if you feel like you're learning something. They're, this is the 56th show that we've done, and so there's there's 55 more of these. Well, there's 54 because Gabe disappeared, and of course the the, the aliens didn't help him edit it and put it up on SoundCloud, so it's not on. But we we're on we're on YouTube. You can go to DirtBikeTest.com, and there's the the archive is there. Um, yeah, so iTunes, SoundCloud, all different kinds of places you can find this incredible, awesome information about dirt bike and dirt bike. Related products and uh, Chris Parker says I have a Jimmy Lewis translation app. It says that interesting when the mouth of jail means bullshit. Really? How does that work? That's that needs that needs further explanation. I say interesting when I when I'm calling somebody on bullshit. Do I do that? That's what he implies. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if that's that's a that's a a
1: troll. Or no, it's I. One
0: your buddies, or? It's, it's it's both. <laughs> yeah, it's both. But um, did didn't didn't you walk up today and I said, hmm, interesting. I didn't do that to you. <laughs> no, no. You said something and then I said, interesting. No, <laughs> no. I, I think that's what he's getting. I don't know. I I overanalyze that. So uh before we move on, I wanted to
1: talk a little bit about the Ducati Desert Sled. Um, A friend of mine, longtime Baja rider and explorer down there, rode KTMs, Hondas through the 80s, 90s. Now he's in his 60s, and he went out and bought himself a Ducati Scrambler Desert Sled, and he is loving it. So he let me borrow it for a couple weeks, and I got to do a couple adventures on it, and uh, that bike is... Shockingly fun, and it it had is I, I I have to compare the travel notes, but I actually thought it handled really well on fire roads, uh, especially over there in Panamint We went and saw the goldfish, uh, but so um, that's a weird one because I actually was a hater, Jimmy, and of, I was gonna of, be of, just,
0: scramb- of scramblers, yeah, and, it's, and I was it's, like, it's, it, it's got a little, it's a little retro, right. Um, and there's a few other brands that make those, like, like uh, you know, BMW has Who that. Who was the first
1: the, one that made the actual Scrambler in the day? Do you know?
0: Oh, boy. I'm not – I don't know if I'm that old. I mean, I'm just getting into adventure bikes. So, uh, And was it, it – because they, they put so, out this so nostalgia. The, scrambler, Scrambler, Scrambler. Who – I it? mean, Ducati had a 350 Scrambler okay. back in the day, a single. And I remember seeing those things kind of roll through as vintage bikes in at Psych World magazine. Um, There was Triumph uh, had some bike. I mean, they're they're sort of like they were modeled off of the desert sleds that guys were, you know, stripping down their street bikes and then taking out in the desert. And this is before this is before the two stroke, you know, kind of, you know, came like bikes like Greaves and and, uh, you know, early, early Husqvarna's and, you know it was you know Harley Davidson had a two stroke yeah you know bike back then and long you know so there's a lot of, there's a lot of but the, so the so the the scrambler cuz now cuz now Triumph has a kind of a retro uh uh looking scrambler bike uh Ducati uh, has one BMW has one uh so it's it's a it's a thing and they're all you know I mean I'm just checking to see how tight your pants are right now <laughs> See, uh, you know, well, in my video, I said BM- if, you, if you had a mustache like this, it'd kind of fit in, and then you'd probably be wearing one of those dome helmets with that big old bubble the bubble thing. Did you, <laughs> did you wear that in your video that you did? No, but what I said was,
1: I, I said, you know, if the BMWs are for the doctors and lawyers, and the sick, the XR650s are for the cowboys and the renegades, then the Ducatis are for the entrepreneurs and the rock stars. That's how I ended my video. <laughs> There you I, go, right? I, I mean, it's. I,
0: I, I should have, have said hipster. How though. did that thing? How did that thing sound? I mean, I've always loved the way the Ducati sound.
1: Uh, man, you know, it actually sounded really cool. Is it, is it a dry clutch? Uh, no,
0: no, not no, a dry no, clutch. No.
1: Um, yeah. But again, it was like a, it was like a crotch rocket on the streets, even with its knobbies. I think it had scorpion, um, scorpion. Um, can't think of the, the model tire, but. It was more fun on road, but getting to the off road mm-hmm. was probably the the best part of it. And then once you got off road, it was okay, but jetting up and around Panamint, doing seventy around corners and stuff, it w- and then the sound was that Ducati rumble that you know everybody likes. But um, so uh, again, I. I I actually was going into it kind of like I don't know if this is going to work for Baja, but he takes it. He stays mainly on roads, but then takes occasional fire road. And they provide a nice pannier system where you can put your bags on and, and carry stuff. And uh,
0: so, when it, when it comes down to it, know. essentially, I mean, it's just it's just a it's an adventure bike that's styled a little bit different. I mean, if you if you you could you could take that same thing and dress it up with you know a big gas tank and a you know fairing and the performance would probably be pretty you know the, probably pretty similar you know especially you know because Ducati makes that Multistrada that's like it's one of the most ridiculously technologically advanced like ridiculous horsepower and it's got all kinds of buttons and not I mean it had all kinds of technology it was maybe a, a few years ahead of its time you know it just wasn't. Uh, when I wrote it, I'm like, man, this thing has got a motor in it that can make tons of power, but it's a little bit muted by all the traction controls and different things like that. Had the smaller wheel sizes, so you know that that kind of plays into you know how the bike handles, and you could tell that the guys—it's kind of like Triumph, you know—it's like these guys make really good street bikes, you know, Ducati and Triumph, and it's like, hey, we're going to make an adventure bike, and their their street bias, like you know, really, you know, holds them back from a dirt bike side of perspective. But a street bike rider going onto those bikes on the off road, they're never going to complain because they're used to being a more tighter rider right, cockpit and right. kind of more sitting down. Some of the stuff we complain about with the KTM 390 and that wasn't a fault of sort of KTM not knowing how a dirt bike worked. That was sort of more of a fault of where this platform was derived from and how many changes they could make to get it to where it was. So, Logan, you ready to come over here and read some questions? Think so? Sure. Got it. Okay. Come on in. We'll, we'll bring Logan up to help uh, read some questions. That'll give me more time to um, stay hydrated. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the questions and stuff like that. BSA Christian Parker says BSA. Yeah, BSA used to make some um, scramblers. They, they they're no longer around. You know what a BSA is, Logan? Wait, I'm gonna check you. Give me a how you no. doing?
2: I do not know you, what a BSA is.
0: You don't know what a BSA is. Uh, it's a bike that's probably as old as your dad. <laughs> is that good? So we're starting right uh, right there for, for V. Lee.
2: Um, What is the top speed on the KTM 390, and can you easily cruise at 70 miles per hour or 120 120- miles? <laughs> Kilometers per hour.
0: How fast did you get it going, Mark?
1: Uh, I think I got it up to 80 with no headwind. Um, I'm 190. 195 with
0: gear. Yeah. Hey, um, while we're at it, uh, go get my tracker. Like literally go get it out. No, no, no,
1: no. I, I put it in your, uh, oh, your
0: garage. Good. Yeah. I okay. took it out. Cause, cause I, yeah. I was watching you on my, I was watching you on my track with my tracking app. Did you write this for me later? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Cause I want, I don't, <laughs> I, cause I'm going to go riding tomorrow and I need to have that thing on me or I yeah. could get lost and nobody could find the body. I actually left it up in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause I was looking at it and I, I, I never saw a speed over 17 miles an hour. No, just kidding. I saw I saw No, I saw. you're probably right. I just threw 80 miles per hour, I'm guessing. No, I, I really mean coming good. down that gravel road, you could you could hit a buck on that going down. Yeah.
1: I, I was a little nervous with that
2: though.
0: Hey Logan, how fast did you get it going? Didn't ride it. Right. That that's gotta feel pretty bad. The three ninety? The three ninety how fast did you get going, Janie? hoo, (laughs) 93, (laughs) downhill. Downhill, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so the, 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 the facts that I have is I got it going 103 miles an hour on the dry lake bed with a tailwind. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best memory here. Mm -hmm. Uh, In, in turning around into that headwind, I got it going 93. So it was 103 into the wind with, you know, back and forth. Uh, you can easily easily go seventy miles an hour on the road. You're just you're you're, you're spinning the motor a little bit. You know it's it's running up at probably seven or eight thousand RPM. I'm guessing. Um, I don't remember the exact, but you know you're spinning it a little bit more than like on a, on a seven ninety. You're cruising at seventy miles an hour at at five thousand RPM, and then on a ten ninety, you're at three thousand RPM going seventy miles an hour. So it's just a, a factor of how much. You know, the bike will go that fast, but it's I didn't find it and we'll have a question about vibration. I didn't find it too buzzy or too much vibration. No, no, it was nice. Um, and then and then the tires that we put on it do amplify the vibration a little bit. Do you notice vibration? A little bit, not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're coming from a Harley that has a certain kind of vibration, but it's a smooth, yeah. you know, big rubber mounted motor and stuff like that. it's a different thing. Okay, next question.
2: Um, WSL. Sounds like it would be A good bike for me who has been riding dirt bikes for years and just wants to go slow, sit down, and be okay on the freeways to get home.
0: Yep. 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 And it's funny because you say go slow, and um, I think you just mean ride at a relaxed pace as people get all wrapped up and slow and yeah 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 and and it's like just it's it's a it's a good it's a great cruiser i mean it's like it's a <laughs> it's a recon by okay, just thing. go
1: reconnaissance so your harley's
0: a cruiser right that's what it's called it's called a cruiser this is a cruiser for the dirt it's not meant to go fast it's meant to just go at an enjoyable speed so then when we start talking about the suspension and i think it has really good suspension i i i would I would like to go bounce it through the exact same set of bumps as I did a, a 250L. Um, and I
1: th- I'm not I think saying it's bad. I just felt it, it, I actually felt it was good, but just it ended real quick. Like it just went through the, the did, stroke. Did you feel it clank?
0: No. No, it didn't. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. So no. you're not you're not bottoming it yet. No. So it were the Honda, you would feel it clank. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yep. good. Okay. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Next. Um,
2: wolf kit. Ca- this guy really knows what he's talking about, and it's great to listen to somebody with confidence enough to, in their knowledge to Mark, speak Mark, you can reach over Logan
0: and pat me on the back right now. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Naturally in-depth about the bike at hand. This is just a great test and review video. No nonsense and
1: That sounds like it needs good stuff. to go up into Instagram stories. <laughs> screenshot those.
2: Just straight bike talk. Outstanding.
0: That was the whole thing? He didn't ask a question? No. I just put that in there to to pad my ego up a little bit. (laughs) Oh, what a... Jeez, Jimmy. Okay, next.
2: Mikhail Johnson.
0: Don't you like reading those things that say nice things about me, Logan? Yeah. You didn't laugh like that one guy. When you started laughing at that last... The guy that told me I didn't know anything about sound. So I had to put those back in just to build myself back up.
2: (laughs) You have a pronounce, pronounce every word like Baha-ha. Like
0: B-A-J-A-J.
2: The last J isn't silent by any means. If you ignore it and call it just Baha, it becomes a slang in native Indian language where Baha-ha motors located... Which means infertile person.
0: <laughs> okay, I learn I learn way too much um, things, <laughs> and uh, I mean I I you know it's amazing this this video is actually a lot of people are watching it in India because like I said that bike is a is a high performance bike and it's a it's an awesome sought after bike in in India. I'm I'm stoked that we got that kind of traffic. I actually because of that I started watching some of the reviewers, some of the Indian. Uh, motorcycle media, some of the reviewers on how they, you know, did the bike just to try to understand a little bit more, but none of them said Baja, 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 Baja. none of them, none of them said it. because I was actually kind of hoping that Baja, I think I, somebody has got to, you know, I, I have to, i have to listen. I was hoping somebody would have said the name, but they never talked about who built the bike. They just kind of gave the, the facts and figures. Um. So, so, Baha, I guess, means an infi- infertile person. So, Mark, you do inf- infertile person diaries? Yeah, I, I that's I've never heard that before. Not but a, I, I've
1: I've heard Raja yeah. Raja before in India. Yeah, what does that mean?
0: I don't know. Raja Baha? No, mm-hmm. I I yeah. So infertile so, people diaries. So yeah. you're not you're not big and you're not big in uh, in India. Your Baha diary story. No, but I am getting a following in Russia though. Russia. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, next question, Logan.
2: Um, Travis Donald Stanley. But I really disagree that this is an entry level adventure bike. I think these moto journalists are getting this wrong. Many of the we We Storm. KLR and it's a V
0: Strom. I think he's talking about it's a it's a he just he did call it We Storm, but that's a V Strom and that's a Suzuki adventure bike.
2: Mm-hmm. And DR KLR
0: and DR riders
2: will come here and have a great a bike ready to race. I mean, tour growth penalty. Uh, adventure riders are looking to go on an amazing trip, not grow riders they are already over 60 years old jk
0: whoa 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 yeah i'm not 60 i'm not 60 is he's 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 slamming on us that travis no hey no he he does does make a really good point um it's you know sometimes i hate to say this but um (laughs) sometimes bikes that are entry level become really good bikes for uh our seasoned riders you know our older guys and I know this firsthand because one of my best friends, Crazy Nate, uh, who used to race—you know—he's a—he's a former District Thirty Seven number one motocross guy. He's won the Greenhorn Enduro and stuff. And I watched him evolve into getting onto—you know—he was riding race bikes all the time. He had—you know—he used to ride double with his wife up the gnarliest trails on a YZ Four Ninety. Like that's that's like the pinnacle of I'm going to do gnarly stuff on the on the craziest bikes. He's Slowly, as he's you know seasoned himself over over years and years of abuse riding those bikes, has worked himself back down to a CRF two hundred and thirty that's lowered, <laughs> that's spray painted black because he doesn't care about what his stuff looks like. And I got to ask you about your helmet, by the way. <laughs> Remind me when we start getting it. You were kind of offended by my helmet. No, I wasn't uh, watching no, me. No, I was looking no, at your no. eyes. right. Like, no, I was interested. <laughs> I was very interested. By your helmet um no it was it is it, it, but anyways you you so a lot of times when we say entry level i mean that's really the target they're going after because like the manufacturers aren't looking for somebody who's on their last motorcycle they want somebody who's going to buy four or five more and so yeah i guess by calling it entry level you as a seasoned rider who deserve to be treated better and respected more trust me i i i I'll take the first lashing for for doing this. These bikes fit you. They're just fine. They offer plenty of performance. You realize that you don't need all this horsepower to go have a great time. You realize you don't need this high-tech suspension to go out and have a great time and tour. And so, yes, you are absolutely correct, and I stand corrected, but I'm still going to try to talk to the entry-level rider because I would hope that they can learn something and grow uh, and, and in, 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 in kind of come come along with us as opposed to you guys that are all going to, you know, not be – you don't need to listen to my crap. You've heard it from all of us kids before. So. And, and I think, too, uh, mainly
1: because I did some beginner rider videos, I find that people that haven't been around motorcycles most of their lives will see this 390, and it. they will be attached to that. Where guys like us, we've been around a long time uh, – it would make less sense, you know, but a new, say a, a girl who graduated high school, she's going to college and she wants a bike to go to college on and maybe ride with her friends. And she knows nothing. Her dad never took her sitting on a three ninety, putting her feet on the ground. Like you've said, mm-hmm. uh, that'll connect with her.
0: Yeah. You know, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully that leads to her, you know, wanting to ride other, you know, and, and you know, KTM would hope it's KTM products. I don't know. I, I, I don't know with the younger generation Logan, how important is brand loyalty
2: I don't think it's that important for my generation
0: Right so you 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 hopped off your uh, your you were on your YZ 85 now you're team KTM I mean you don't like Honda cuz of Ken Roxon or And and you have but you still have a YZ 250 and then you're riding your sister's Honda Yeah you don't care about brands you just you just care yeah. that it starts up and it runs right Yeah <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I I I was I was what about okay, so who's your favorite racer? Any kind of racer, any place, any racing. You better say Johnny Campbell. No, don't no. I want to know your honest answer.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: You don't know oh. Oh. oh oh waffle? That was a waffle? <laughs> waffle, waffle? Waffle. Uh Matt, okay. Who's your who's your favorite racer? Jason Anderson. Jason Anderson, okay. And you ride a Hoosaberg, which is almost a husky. Yes, yes, it's a blue it's a blue husky okay so it's just drawing some lines some symmetry here um next question
2: um doug black this is literally the best review of this bike i've seen yet i really appreciate it as i'm looking for a beginner street bike for my son
0: oh wait your son is your son 60 years old no. <laughs> this proves my point. No. This is a great no, no. That's that's yeah. that's that's the thing. And so, so Doug, uh, it depends on what kind of riding you guys are going to do. If you're going to do adventure riding, this is a great bike. If you're going to go dirt bike riding, there's better choices. And then it's like anything. It's it. This is not a very good quote dirt bike. It's a great adventure bike you know, it's and it's it's sometimes it's hard when, you know, Doug may be a very experienced rider and he kind of knows and understands, you know, the different segments and stuff, and then it's it's he's got it right. But I've seen I've seen other people that maybe have their they bought their first dirt bike and it just happens to be a BMW twelve hundred and they actually call it a dirt bike and I'm like, ooh ooh because they don't want to be riding one of those little six fifties. And all of a sudden, that number on the side panel, and I think I point this out sometimes, like that number on the side panel, that's not your biggest concern. Cause I know BMW makes a 650. That's actually an 800. Really? Oh, yeah. They sneak it in there. But they just lowered the crap out of it. And, and you know, and 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 all of a sudden people flock to it. Cause it's, oh, it's a 650. Cause they had a very, very successful 650 single cylinder. They weren't going to sell anymore. And they had this really nice 800 motor that, well, it's like, we'll just call it a 650. Huh. And I think they actually made one that was a 700 cc displacement for some, you know, for for some regulations on licensing in other countries and stuff. But yeah, you could get a BMW 650 that was an 800. Like I feel like you're getting ripped off with the 390. I mean, because it's only a 372. Do you ever think about that? Where do those 12 or something CCs go? <laughs> How did they get 390 on this? The aliens took them? Aliens took them. That's right. <laughs> Gabe's up there floating around with. 12 mystery cc's of KTM. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question, Logan.
2: Uh, Dan Coleman. Hi, Jimmy. I got to say that is one of the best and most thorough reviews of any motorcycle that I've ever seen on YouTube, period. The KTM 390 adventure had already captured my attention, but after seeing this excellent review, I feel like it's almost a done deal. I will at least drive the 200 miles to my nearest stocking dealer to get a hands-on look at it and it is very likely I will bring one home with me.
1: Do you get commission for that sale, Jimmy? Mm-hmm.
0: I I I, uh, I I wanted to have you need some Need you send that to KTM. I want I I will. I, I probably will, I don't know. I wanted to have some breaking news, but I don't have that. Keep going, Logan.
2: Thank you so much for doing such an awesome job reviewing this bike. I only wish more videos on YouTube were as valuable and informative as this one. Sadly, so many of them are nothing more than a big waste of time. Very well done. Thanks.
0: Oh, yeah. I can gonna... pat you on the back for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I okay, so I'm I'm I think that that I uh, just the self-gratification is over. Let's just kind of keep moving down the thing here.
2: Enduroist. Great review. Review Thanks. Oh, not another
0: one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Almost this entire page is, except for Travis.
0: Yeah. Okay, keep going. I'll, I'll um,
2: <laughs> If KTM offers an Adventure R version of the 390, I'll go for that. 390 is all I need for my travels and touring. Less weight is more important for me than po- more power.
0: Well, Enduroist, I'm going to say uh, don't get your hopes up because I think them making, quote, like an, an R version, at least in the short term, isn't in the cards. But if I had a crystal ball, and sometimes maybe I do, but I would actually think that, that the next evolution of this bike, when they do some big upgrades to it, and it's brand new, in fact, it's – like a lot of the questions I've been getting are when when's it gonna be in the dealers? And my word on the street is in in about thirty days. They're hoping about thirty days they can get it in the dealers. Um but I would suspect that that just cause we found so many things that are that are just real easy to correct, but not real easy to correct. So in other words, I think that the next evolution of the spike, you know, maybe in two or three years, would actually have its own dedicated frame, you know, so it'd be a little bit more set up for, you know, off road riding. It would it would be modeled more off of, you know, what the seven ninety and the ten ninety are, as opposed to being, you know, something that's derived from a from a from a world market bike. I think they could do a lot with that motor. And I mean I mean a lot. Uh not only in, you know, just just you know, electronically, I think that, that motor, just like all motors, they're so you're so able to tune them. You know, just with the ignition mapping and fuel mapping, and to make them to make them act differently. And I don't know if you notice this, Mark, but we talk about this in the video. It's like when you turn the throttle, you know, you turn it really fast. And as a dirt bike rider, you go, "Oh, this motor feels lazy." But if you're up at like five or six, seven thousand RPMs, and you turn it fast, it's like you're going, "Wow, it responds!" It's got bite in, yeah. around that range. And if that motor responds up there, it will respond down low. They're, they're, it's fly-by-wire, so it's not like a cable where you're actually, you know, it's one-to-one on the butterfly valve, mm-hmm. and I say butterflies all the time in the butterflies valves or butterfly valves, I say in the video. It's butterf- It's only one, I know that. But actually, nobody beat me up for that. They should. The Internet is supposed to just crush you for that, the for Facebook, making a mistake. Facebook
1: warriors? Yeah. So what, but, what, what is it exactly? So
0: so you turn the throttle, you turn the throttle, and and the computer turns it the right amount to set it into a nice place it says hey he turned the throttle or she turned the throttle this far that means they want more power okay i'm going to give them more power and if they keep turning i'm going to give it a little bit more and eventually it catches up but if if you if you just whack it wide open you don't get whacked wide open it goes and then you know really it it it, it's thinking it's uh there's a there's there's something in there and and it's uh um i think they did a really good job for like i said for the intended market i think that if they made they they could just like with the 790 there's like a rally mode i think it's you know they have a they, i think you buy an upgrade to it in, in the computer maybe george can tell me because i know he bought every upgrade for that bike that's sitting in my uh, shop right now but you, you have rally mode and then all of a sudden you get literally like one-to-one throttle response you know really snappy aggressive throttle response which you know that's what we all think we want but in reality, it's just uh, you know, just um, yeah. it Depends on where you're at, you know, what you're trying to get done. So, um, okay, next one.
2: Numa says, uh, "What a great review! Please do the same test with the 790 Adventure R behind you." Uh, throwing it, throwing it, that it, throwing it.
0: that right back to George. Uh, George, they want me to do a review of your bike. <laughs> that's not KTM's bike. That's a uh, that's one of my coaches for the school's bike that he. You know, he got quarantined in California. He left a lot of equipment out here, and I'm, I'm making sure that it still runs. You know, it still works. We did take it out and run it back to back with the 790, and they're two absolutely 100 percent completely different bikes. They kind of they kind of they share a same visual, you know, look between them. But the 790 is designed for an experienced rider, someone that wants high level performance, someone that wants to ride you know, a lot, they want, they want to take their adventuring in at a lot faster, more aggressive pace. Not to say that you can't go slow on it, but it's just designed to go. How aggressive can you take that 790 as far as uh, technical trails? It's, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, uh, so the the way I described it, it's, it's not a very comfortable adventure bike, but for me, when I'm riding it, let's just say if we're on a, like a, a novice level single track trail just a regular single track trail and i was just going to go ride it at my comfort level you know just we not not push not ever pushing it i end up going the same speed as i would on my ktm 500 and i'm not kidding and it blew me away i mean the, the at the 790 you're just happy there you don't want to push it anymore you don't want to you don't feel safe pushing because all of a sudden you know whatever that weighs i don't know off the top of my head that 400 pounds does not slow down like a 300 pound 500. So that's where the the problems arise. But like, it's the way the suspension works, the dynamics of the chassis, how it handles for, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And, you know, I'm not going to take it on gnarly single track trails, you know, intermediate and expert level single track trails, but, um, you know, when you're riding it and then when you start going down, like, you know, two track roads where, you know, all of a sudden we're a 500, you're kind of like going, I wish there was a little bit more. I wish there was a little bit more. You do not have that problem on a, on a seven ninety And, you can ride it with a little more Fury than you can a 1090 or 1290 because it's lighter and more agile and all the, you know, for all the same reasons. But we would love to do more reviews. Uh, Who, who is the, who is the question asker? Nima, Numa, Numa Day. How come you didn't say that? Did you say that name? No. No? Numa Day Lee Elegance. See, I can speak. French, I guess. French. Um, we'd love to do more um reviews on other bikes, but we're limited staff, people, things like that. Um, so we're trying to make that we're trying to turn that corner, but you know, Logan hardly wants to ride. I mean, I text him, Hey, come and test this Texas bike, but he's like, I gotta go to school. Gabe gets abducted by aliens. Trevor's in California, he's like afraid to come I, to saw Tre-
1: I saw Trevor this weekend by accident in the middle of the desert.
0: Oh yeah, that's what happens to weird people that ride out in the middle of the desert. I was
1: out there and and I saw this van go by, and the the friend I was with, um, he's like, "Oh, that's uh, that's Trevor. He he practices out here. He's a racer."
0: I'm like, well, what?
1: <laughs> so I go right over there, and there he is. He's like, oh, "It was just funny." Yeah, we tested the Husky and the KTM at Glen Hill in that time. Right. Time, so.
0: Okay. Next question.
2: N J N N.
0: I think I'm going to guess just with my, you know, I'm not very good at this, but that's an Indian name.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Vin, Vinjay Anand.
1: Okay. You're going to be a superstar in India. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Stupendous video. Technicalities, weight distribution.
0: Distribution.
2: Flaws. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tons better than the ones simply ridden, riding on tarmac and the spec sheet repeated in a stylish manner.
0: That was a that was an excellent observation that he made there. Because I mean, if you want to make a YouTube video, all you have to do is, you know, you you take the bike for ten minutes, you ride it around on the tarmac or wherever you do, and then you repeat the specs. Because that's the information that everybody wants to know, which, by the way, you can go to www.ktm.com, and they have a spec sheet there that has all that information on it. And hopefully, um, you know, they'll tell you exactly how it's going to work, how the uh, (laughs) – I love this part of it. They say that the the frame is inspired by the 450 rally bike on that KTM 390. Don't get me started. (laughs) <laughs> don't get you started. Don't get me they started. Say, they say that that they say. Oh no, it, you know. I mean, hey, you. Kuskevarna has a. They like to do that too. Well, it, it all yeah. So it's this. It's a trellis frame. So in in that, it's kind of the same. But I don't think that it's inspired. Well, I don't. Wait, what about the wording when they go? This is based off
1: years of multi championship off road racing technology where they they get racing and they get the they get the bike and then you ride it and then there's no racing inspiration <laughs> at all in it. There's there's hey there's marketing the, ma- the, the marketing th- companies way over here across the street. Well no the, the good
0: the, the the good thing is the person that wrote that copy it actually has a job doing it unlike the internet reviewer that's doing it hoping that they'll they'll invite him to the next interview or the next the next <laughs> riding impression or send them a free, you know, a free you know <laughs> sticker <laughs> or, or uh, stuff like that so yeah okay they, they yeah thanks i'm i'm uh, i'm going big in india i'm actually actually i'm really impressed with the if you know this is bike is built in india i'm pretty impressed with the quality i mean yeah. it, it's kind of it, i actually it's changing i mean a lot of these countries is emerging you know emerging you know they're doing a lot of uh production because the labor costs over there are cheap. You know, sometimes the materials costs are cheaper in these places, but it's getting better. It's, it is definitely, it's, it's no different than Japan was when they first started up after, you know, when Honda early started up and Yamaha started up with the motorcycles after world war, like those ones, you'd look at them and it wasn't the same kind of qualities you were getting from other countries. And, and now look where they are. Yeah. And, you know, same thing with the, you know, the Taiwanese stuff. And you look at the mountain bike stuff that comes out of Taiwan it's crazy how good that stuff is and there's no reason that they that those factories couldn't produce motorcycles to that quality as well and this 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 KTM you look at it and okay so the fastener you look at the eight millimeter bolts and this has 12 mil I found 12 14 and 15 and all different size allens on it they, they need to unify the the, the tool requirement <laughs> There is a tool pack on the bike, and I haven't pulled it out. It's it's on there. I need to pull it out to see how many different size wrenches they put inside of it. But you look at the, the surfacing on the bolts, and it's just not that. You know, KTM's always has those nice ones that are 8s and torques. And so what sizes did you see? Twelve, eight. 8. I don't know if I saw any 10s. I saw 8. I saw 12. I saw 13. No, no 13s. I saw 14 and 15, I believe, in different things I checked and torqued and tightened up. So... Okay, where are we at, Logan?
2: Um, Frank Cohn. That was an, a, an amazing review. Very interested in how the bike holds up over time.
0: And Frank, so are we. So uh, I found out today that KTM has agreed to let us keep our hands on it because usually they like to take these things back. But um, they said we can do a little bit more long terming. so that's why Berm Cannon over here, is uh is gonna take it and uh do a do a berm cannon Diaries because we don't want to do any infidel Diaries infidel infidelity Diaries I'm gonna go back to my old school and do brodies on the lawn <laughs> no you're not <laughs> not on that bike uh yeah so we're gonna do some more long term testing we're gonna do a couple uh, modifications and upgrades on our list is we're the first thing we want to do is try to um level the foot pegs out um just because uh that for a dirt bike guy is something that we think um, is standing up, it makes standing up riding a little bit better. So, we're going to work on the rider kind of cockpit feeling.
1: What, what did you, again, from your video, go over that again? What did you feel in the what it so, needs? So,
0: so the, the foot pegs are kind of angled forward um, and they're not flat. When, most of, when we ride mostly dirt bikes, our foot pegs are, are flat, uh, you know, front to back. And these are angled forward, and, and a few people hopped on it and they just didn't feel comfortable. And we initially, we didn't really, we didn't really analyze that much. We didn't notice why. And I saw, I noticed the same thing. And um, because they're, you know, we want to put our feet on the foot peg, you know, so you, you know, you feel, but if you put it flat in the foot peg, it angles you forward. It puts weight forward and puts weight on the handlebars. So it makes it hard to stand up. And then it makes it feel like the bars are low and they're not, they're not low. Hmm. They're just, it's just, you're all of a sudden you're kind of just, you're canted forward. So we kind of picked out in this and it's. It's not any. It's not a super simple fix. It's not like it can't be just be tilted or something. So we're looking at some aftermarket options for that. Our second thing is probably going to be getting some, um, you know, wo- wire wheels, you know, regular spokes um, uh, on that. Uh, I've had somebody reach out to me and talk to us about putting an eighteen twenty one combination on it, so more dirt friendly oh, yeah, size, because yeah. um, those are right now sixteen or seventeen nineteen, I believe, are the sizes. Uh, I actually would like to just go to some spoke 1719s because I think the bike works fine. Um, but there is the option to, to to change the tire size. So we'll do some of that stuff, uh, maybe search for a little bit more power, a little bit more throttle response, um, see what kind of stuff happens. And Janie says...
2: The pegs are tilted forward, which makes it a lot more comfortable if you're
0: sitting. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So And, and so... And she pointed, point, she, and we talk about that. We say this: it's a really good sitting down riding style yeah. position. If you're sitting, and it's funny because I have to force myself self to sit down when I ride that bike because it's just so much more comfortable. And a lot of times in your adventure riding, you're just sitting down, you know, just getting you know getting your miles in. So it's, it's not that bad. But we're looking to say, hey, because what we did complain, we did call it an entry level or a or a you know, I don't want to call it beginner, but you know, entry level adventure bike. But let's say you buy this and you start, you know, you start wanting a little more performance you start and these are the things that are going to kind of hinder it a little bit from kind of growing with you so you don't have to sell it and buy another bike so we're going to say hey is there a way to modify this thing and and see where it goes and that's that's our plans for longer term and then we can also learn about engine durability which i don't uh, i know that i heard some things that the early 390 uh, dukes and the rc 390s had some issues um with some stuff but like anytime you build an all new engine, all new platform, and it's been two or three years, four years that this engine's been around, they'll that's all sorted. They've got it figured out.
2: Hmm. Um, DG is say saying call Lance at XC Gear and get him working on those pegs. In fact, I'll I will see him next week and show him your video.
0: I'm ready. Uh, foot pegs. Sent them. <laughs> I heard I heard the angle it needs to be fifteen degrees. Uh I, I didn't put the I didn't put the uh measurement device the I you know you know what you know what do they call that? Is it what what would you use what device would you use to figure out the angle, Logan? Did you try to go riding that day too? Like what day? The day they taught you the, the, the thing you put on there it shows the angle. Protractor.
2: Oh, um
0: what was that called? Yeah, protractor. Protractor, yeah. I went riding that day. I didn't learn it. Matt, what'd you do that day? I actually learned how to use a protractor. You learned how to use a protractor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the smartest person in the room now. That's just blowing me away. <laughs> Astrophysics and everything. Okay, next question.
2: Um, Uncle Voodoo. Uh-oh. I think, I think KTM should have laid off the electronics and just made this bike bulletproof instead.
0: Uncle Voodoo. I think that I w- <laughs> um, I I don't really I mean coming from a dirt bike background where we have no very little no none electronics and stuff like that I I you know viscerally you know I, I agree with you I but I don't think that the electronics are that quote undurable these days I think that that, that there's a lot of other stuff that'll probably fail quote before the electronics. Um, you think about how electronically you know connected your car and all this other stuff is, and all these miles we put on stuff that are you know like you know it's like, it's like this thing here, this phone like jeez, how you know like these things are incredible for the torture we put through them. so I wouldn't worry about the electronics all that much um they, there's so much that they, that the electronics have to accomplish on these motorcycles, you know, and there's there's benefits and and there's some stuff that you know I wish I could hack. you know, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to change some stuff, but I think overall, um, I don't think the electronics are going to make anything less bulletproof at all. I'd like to see
1: KTM be the first ones to start doing a warranty like cars where they offer you, uh, you know, 1200 bucks and then, you know, it's like a car, you just take it in and they change the oil for you.
0: Oh like like a like a owner care package or something
1: yeah, like yeah, that. I mean, because they're 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 leading the pack right now, and it'd be cool to buy a, a fourteen thousand dollar bike, and then you know the thing's under warranty or you know' over certain miles and then you, you take it in for your oil change, just like a
0: i think i i know on on anything that's that's on road, there is some kind of a warranty, and, and this is getting out of my sphere, like competition bikes are sold at some kind you know kind of thirty day you know, you know, on defects, you know, your bike, right. you would have to break for some strange reason that wasn't because, you know, you did it. Um, cartwheeling over the triple jump does not count as a <laughs> manufactured de- defect, But I think there's something that, that they have, you know, they have these kind of warranties. I, I we probably, you know, you probably go to the website and check that kind of stuff mm. out. I don't know. And it's, it's different country to country and, and what, what's kind of required. I know the emissions components have to last a long time, a certain amount of time, so, yep. Okay, what's the next one?
2: Zach Williams. Excellent review. I have a Versus X300 and the KTM 390. 390. It is very in, intriguing for a light in, adventure tour. I really appreci- appreciate the, this gussing the factory setup not available being comfortable for standing. The X300 actually is has very good ergonomics for standing. I sold a Honda CB500X because the peg position was similar shared with the street models on the same platform and was difficult to stand on. I do think KTM has packed great value into this bike. I'm interested to see the peg, how the pegs could be improved, and possibly possibility of a wire wheel version.
0: Yeah, so I think Zach and I are on the same page. Um, I actually have not ridden a versus three hundred, and I was talking to one of the guys at Honda today. If I had ridden a CB five hundred X, and I've ridden an older one, there's a newer, updated one, and and so now the gears are turning, and just like, hey, you guys should test this, and you guys should test that. Um, you know, it's, it's all time. It's all, it's all time. And, you know, doing, you know, doing a good test, not just, you know, riding it down the tarmac and then, you know, coding off the specs for making another internet video. So we're, we're working on things and uh, we'll see where that goes. I, it's funny cause I, when I saw the 390, I thought of the verses. I really, I really did. And uh, um, so I have a funny thing about that that you might see pretty soon. So what does Ricky say?
2: Um great review. No, no, no.
0: What 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 what's Ricky's last name first? You got to say that out loud.
2: Zekahara.
0: Zekahara. Z- is there a c or is that a b? Zeb Zekahara. Z- Zekahara. Hasha. Yeah, yeah. There's an h at the end. Yeah. Okay, good. Go. Uh
2: great review Jimmy. I'm curious with your thoughts. What your thoughts would be if you considered the bike from a different perspective. I I will it, the Asian versus American perspective as opposed to the beginner versus advanced persp- perspective. As an American living, working in Malaysia, Iraq, and Syria, I found in general there is m- far more commuting on motorcycles. Riding off-road is often not a hobby, hobby but the best or only way between point A and B Incomes are typ- typically lower, but the same bike costs more, result- more resulting in one motorcycle is often the equivalent to someone's commuter to work, vehicles vehicle for trip and toy f- for playing with on the weekends, so in that context, an American would consider the 690 Enduro a relative relatively 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 rel- reliable trouble-free motorcycle but it's a nightmare for anyone who depends on it for a daily work and it is expecting to do a commute six days a week for at least three years and pay it off
0: okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cut you day. there because I gotta I gotta process all that that's a that's a very very good question. That's not such an American-centric view of this bike, and it's something that you got to understand. We we called this in the video. We call this a world bike. This is you know KTM needs to sell a lot of these. They they want to sell a lot of these. That's why they've priced it that way. And when you just know a little bit about economics, which um, I don't know much. I'm gonna Matt, you need to chime in because you probably have taken an economics class in the last couple of years. So so yeah. So when I when I jack this up, just you know start flapping your arms around and say, Jimmy, shut up. Right, so the idea is is if you can sell more of them, you can sell them at a lower price because your your small profits over a lot of these will become a big profit in the end. You know that's 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 the idea. They're, KTM's not giving these away; that's not their job. They're trying to make some money. I, you got to understand this, and by having this this platform that has that that's going all over the you know all over the world and sold in larger quantities at a lower price. They can sell a lot of them and make money, and then they're looking at it as like sort of like, hey, we're getting people on our brand. So there's even some – I don't want to call it loss leader because they're never going to sell anything for a loss, but they're just really attracting to people there. Because in other countries, like he points out, like they're not off-road riders. Their roads are off-road. So they want a bike that and performs. those roads are beat. <laughs> of so, beat. Yeah. I've I've ridden in other countries where we didn't ride on the road. We rode off the side of the road because the side of the road better. was better. <laughs> it was at least consistently dirt. It wasn't just yeah. massive potholes that would bend rims and break stuff. You know, so um that's kind of a that that's a, that's that's an interesting point that they look at this this thing and like like we're looking at it, it's like, oh, the little 390, oh, this little tiny bike. You know, we're used to riding twelve hundreds and twelve nineties and you know, you know, ten nineties and this and in other countries, like getting something more than a fifty or a one fifty, it's like he he rides the three ninety. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole different class and level of bike. And then, you know, it's just the economics of stuff like that really, you know, kind of kind of pays off in the long run. So um I think that that you know when you start looking at that the, the the duty cycle of this bike like what it has to accomplish and stuff pretty pretty good our bike is specced a little bit different i i i don't know because i haven't ridden the quote world version or whatever they have in australia and whatever they have in europe and whatever they have in india it's it's a little bit different like i heard india and i think we have a question about it they have non-adjustable suspension. So they're doing other things that are cost cutting measures uh, yeah. on, on the bike to get it more affordable in that market. Because at, if, if it was whatever the conversion ratio at six grand was, you know, that could be someone's yearly income. You, you know, it's like it's you, you don't you don't think about that over here. So so, you know, it has to do a lot of different a lot of different things. Our bike gets crash bars. I think that's one of the big changes that you see. Uh, and, and the, the U S bike also is tuned specifically for the market in the United States and whether that's more a derivative of having to meet our emissions and sound requirements, or it's just, you know, they found they could, you know, make it run to a certain character. Um, that's, you know, who knows, that's something that they, you know, they discuss internally, but I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, this bike has to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of needs all over the world. So what's the next section of it?
2: Since Bahaha is making... <laughs> yeah, Logan. Right on. <laughs> making this, I kind of... I was kind of hoping this might be a bike, like a KLX 250 that you can put mi- 20,000 20, 20, miles... On a year for several years and change the oil every 10,000 miles or so as it as that is what the tens of thousands of Asians, Asians want and expect. any thoughts on how it might do in the long run?
0: Well, you know what we were supposed to do today, Mark?
1: Yeah. Uh, Instagram just kicked us off. We've been on for an hour That's on
0: there. That's okay. That's <laughs> oh, just like what a waste of time. No. <laughs> um, uh, what were we? What did I say we should do? Change the oil because we're we're at a thousand. Oh, I thought you changed it. No, I didn't change. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're working on that thing, you know. So it's it's it it probably has its. I probably. It probably got you know running its hundred or hundred and fifty miles. It was a hundred miles, a little over hundred miles when KTM handed it to us. I'm sure they changed the oil in it once, which was you know more. So it's it's kind of been serviced, and I wanted to change the oil because the service is the service thing still on? Did it say ever say service on you? Uh, I I didn't see it. I on. I don't know if I was able to turn that off or not. But it, it, there's a there's a thing on the computer. It said service, and we probably should service it. You know n- now. But that is true. I mean, they expect to get thousands of miles on their on their bikes in between service intervals. And um, I should just give it to uh, Torture Test Gabe, Torture <laughs> Test Magazine Gabe, not, not our Gabe. Well, Gabe can torture things too. But uh, – and let him see how long <laughs> – you know, he tries to kill those – kill the bikes by not changing the oil and stuff that you would ordinarily do. Um, I think that they probably tested the motor to – do that kind of stuff or they, you know, if they wouldn't put it in a bike, um, that was expected to run and perform in these markets and not knowing that, you know, that these guys are going to run their bikes for that long between oil changes and stuff. Uh, so I think it's probably a little bit more and more durable than we maybe give it credit for. And, but we're over here, we're used to changing our oil every 6,000 miles or something, you know, on bikes, 10,000. I don't, I didn't, I haven't seen this, the, um. The owner's manual on it, so I can't really comment on that, but I don't think it's uh I don't think the oil changes are gonna be that outrageous. I would say just run it.
2: Um, Peter Sendit says one of the best reviews I've seen this far on this bike. At that price point compared to the current competition, it's a home run for KTM. It should be noted to everyone that at KTM's official press release they started that spoke wheel with will be an OEM aftermarket option of course this is not currently standard so figure that into your total cost when wanting the upgrade quick shifter is also not standard yeah,
0: so uh, Peter actually, I think he was the first one that pointed out to us that the quick, quick shifter was not standard. That was something that they kind of added. And it's it's literally they plug in the computer at the KTM shop and they push a button and you get quick shifting. It's just a, it's a feature that's built in. And that's like, you know, on cars these days and stuff, you can buy like a low line car. And you know, if you know the right person, or you can go to the dealer and pay for an upgrade package, just they plug it in, they go, dude, like that, and all of a sudden, all these new features pop up on your <laughs> dashboard. And it's, it's it's sitting in there. It's it's yeah. features that they have, and that's that's what the quick shift is. And uh, what do we think about quick shift, Mark?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it's, uh, it's bog. <laughs> again, I've only had a couple hours on it, so I'll, I'm going to really put it to the test here.
0: Yeah, no, no. It it, it it's funny because for us I mean we're all used to using the clutch and doing what we do with our wrist and shifting like we normally do so it's not that big of a deal. I'll tell you when you start getting used to it, when you all of a sudden expect it, don't hop back on your KTM 350 and pull a quick shift. <laughs> you know, your KTM 790 has quick shift. Don't hop on your 1090 and go, "Okay, quick shift." It may or may not work and I don't think your transmission is going to be that happy with you after you get used <laughs> to quick shift. Um but uh I, yeah, I think that that uh, the spoke wheels will be an OEM aftermarket option. I I'm pretty sure you'll see it in the aftermarket before you see it uh, on KTM power parts. But I I'm pretty sure they're they're thinking about it. You know, they, they if they've done any market research at all, they will realize that a lot of these companies, uh, you, you know, they're they when you buy these kind of bikes you want to modify them and you want it to grow with them and and stuff like that like there's crazy how many parts are sold for honda crf 250 l's like it's crazy i've seen some i know some people that make parts for those and it's like how do you make that many parts for <laughs> a motorcycle it probably stamping them out in their machine shouldn't shouldn't be shouldn't be modified that much but people are buying them so i think this is on the same on the same boat is it past your bedtime logan no? No, because George says we should run the show to two hours, and he says he's stuck at home, which he is, and uh, I agree with him. And I just like it that every comment starts out with, one of the best reviews I've ever seen, um, one of the best, if not the best review. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, keep keep going. Let's go.
2: Adati the Droidy. <laughs> you want me to try that one?
0: <laughs> uh, at Ad, Adija, Dewey Jode, Dewey Jode. Yeah, that's it. Oh, Mark gets a shot. <laughs> yeah, Dewey Jody. Dewey Jody. Yeah.
2: Please tell me which tires you've fitted on that machine.
0: Kenda big blocks. Those are the tires I put Kendas on that particular bike. Because I wanted a more aggressive off road tire so we could ride in the dunes and stuff because I got really pissed off with the stock tires because I couldn't make it up this kind of this road past sand hill that I sent it on a few times and and all I had to do was change the tires and I rode right over effortlessly, so tires do make a big difference because that's what's connecting you to the ground
2: um an ant Paddy. Um, one of the best, if not the best, review of the Adventure 390 on YouTube would love to hear your take on the Tiger 90 Rally Pro and AT 1100 Adventures Sport. Subscribe,
1: there's your triumph. Yeah, <laughs> you think so? Yeah, let's call them up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, it's uh, you you want to be our um. What, what, what do we call those bikes? I mean, uh, the 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 Tiger Nine Hundred Rally is 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 Triumph's way to go after the more aggressive off road market to fit into that KTM Seven Ninety Ten Ninety. Uh, you know, Husky's going to have their Nine O One coming out. That, that's a that's a that's a market that's a zone. They have an engine and and they have a platform. They they have a an adventure type bike, and I have not had a chance. You know, I what, get, what's
1: the AT? Is that the Triumph Africa, Africa Twin? Okay,
0: and so adventure sports. And the funny thing is the and I learn I learned this because I always you know, have to learn things. So the Africa Twin adventure sports is the more touring bike. The standard one in Honda's world is designed to be more of the off road. Version mm-hmm. So we're hoping the new Africa twin, the intro has been po- postponed because of all the virus stuff. We're hoping to get one of those pretty soon. And we are going to get the standard because they know, Hey, dirt bike test this you. but that doesn't mean that we're not going to try to, I want to try uh, standard transmissions versus DCT. Cause we always get criticized for liking DCT to, so much. And then we're also going to go adventure sports versus standard version. So we can speak to, you know, how they how they work? It's not just I'm not just gonna, you know, ride it on the tarmac and then quote the, the specs. So, that's for the the other the other companies that are gonna give away some bikes or something like that if they subscribe to their channel. What's next, Logan?
2: Um, John, Fetcher. Now that Six- sounds like a
0: good old American name, huh?
2: <laughs> Sixty two year old stepping away from serious dirt biking, wanted to trailer to location, ride a. B D R and ride back to trailer.
0: So B D R is backcountry discovery route.
2: Uh, I love lighter bikes. However, want some room being six foot two. Um of course bikes bike choice's fa-
0: this is his current favorite.
2: Yeah. The DR six fifty. You know
0: which one that is? What's a DR six fifty?
2: The Suzuki.
0: Yeah. Learning um
2: waiting for Kawasaki to come out with something also want four hundred pounds. This looks like a great choice. Last bike was a XCF 350W, um DR six fifty
0: versus three ninety. Mm. Man, I I at six two, you're gonna be pretty tight on that bike. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think you'd be happy with the way the motor ran. I think the chassis, especially if you're coming off a DR650, it's funny because DR650 is like the, I would call it the low rider of the 650 esque bike. So if if you compare that to like the KTM690 and the Honda 650L, those are tall. Yep, the DR650 is 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 lower and and you know easier to ride. It's it out of all those bikes, it was always my favorite. I, I liked. I it had the suspension was always pretty good. Motor was just just torque. They everywhere. don't make
1: in those anymore. I think they still do. Really, yeah. I
0: think they still do. Um, if if they put a big tank on it like Kawasaki did with the KLR, it would destroy the KLR. Really, it, it's it, it. The brakes actually work. You know, pretty good. <laughs> it, the the chassis doesn't flex all over the place. So the DR650 is a really good bike, and I don't know that I, I. think that going to the KTM 390 would be a little bit of a step backwards in a lot of performance areas. You'd get a little bit more technology, you know, with all the all the dashboards and the fancy kind of features like that. But uh,
1: can I can I just uh, say something? You, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm that's sure, why that's why you're here. I, okay, I'm you're sure I'm something. sure people are going to hate me for saying this, but <laughs> let's spice up the show a little bit. so. Uh, coming from the background, you know that I come from. Uh, I always looked at DRs, uh, DRZs, KLRs as uh, S10 pickups of motorcycles. Okay, uh, they're kind of like junkyard bikes. Uh huh. So I just want to say that. Oh, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna
0: literally. <laughs> I was gonna literally. Because guys
1: that were riding those when I was like seventeen are still riding those. Oh yeah, yeah. And they don't feed our economy of the industry. <laughs> so I know they're good bikes. I've actually I know they're very proven. But yeah. I'm just being a, a smart ass, I just spice. Yeah, up the uh, no, show.
0: I, I know you did. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna bet that you were gonna try to throw XR six fifty into that and say how the XR six fifty would just dominate. Not the L, but the R.
1: No, uh, the the XR six fifty is more. Of a upper class white trash bike,
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, um, yeah. I don't even know. I'm just go. spicing you, the you show ha- up. You, No, you have to, you have to go. You have to go watch Mark's Baja Diaries, and you have to find the one where he talks about the the how the XR 650 dominates over the uh, KTM 690, and yeah, and and. I tell you what, if there were two good 650 cc esque motors, single cylinder motors, uh, those are those are actually pretty good. But I had a Husaberg 650 uh, a while back, and this is back in Dirt Rider days. We had a long term bike, and and I, I mean I talk about my 570 a lot, right, Logan? Yeah. Like, like. The Husaberg 650, and I have guys that will agree with me, and, and I haven't paid them or anything. They will tell you that that motor is by far and away – it just dominates over any of the bikes that we just you know talked about because it makes so much power. Like, there's hill climbs. That aren't even hill climbs. They're downhills that people dare to go down. And the Husaberg 650, it not only like rode up them, like, you know, you ride up uphill and you're just pinned your tape. There's nothing left. On this bike, you could actually let the throttle back off and come back on and it would still accelerate. Really? Do you know how much horsepower that is? That's a lot.
1: Was this, like, 70 horsepower on that bike?
0: Oh, I, the, the, the dyno, I don't care about the numbers. <laughs> the dyno, I just tell you about like, when it. Like, when it, when it reaccelerates up a, like, nice long sand hill, that's when you know a bike has a lot of power. So, uh, yeah, it like, I don't I, – why were we talking about those other bikes? Because we should talk about Husabergs. I'm going to ride one tomorrow, <laughs> I think. I, I'm, I'm going to go – I got a little little ride planned. It's not – the traction really isn't worthy of taking the Husaberg out, but I, there's some hills I want to climb. Take care off. of those hills. <laughs> so, it couldn't it, we couldn't have a show without that, right, Logan? No. No. <laughs> okay.
2: Are we getting um, close?
0: The last how many more pages are on this sheet? Are we in trouble? Oh good. We're getting close.
2: Um, Builder Bob 26. Awesome review. I'm a brand new rider at forty seven years old. And this bike would definitely make me confident getting into adventure riding. At such a late age, at my age, I'm not looking to take chances like I would have when I was 20, and though I was indestructible.
1: Absolutely, perfect bike for him. Yeah,
0: that's it. That's that's the answer.
1: Yeah, and he can take chances because he's saying that to, and I know how every because everybody says that at their age, but. They say that, but then they get on the road and they see the right the a little path going off to the right. Where does that go?
0: That's that's the that's the that's the awesome part about having an adventure bike, is, yeah. Is you're not limited to the road. Like Janie really wants to ride her Harley off-road, and she says every once in a while she does it, but not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, okay.
2: Guy walkabouts.
0: That sounds Australian, eh? Yeah, mate.
2: How about vibrations heard in another video that that in engine gives off a lot, a lot of vibrations off road. That's not a problem, but on road you feel them more.
0: What well, was that other video? Like the most awesome review you've ever seen on the internet or was the video where the guy's riding down an Iraqi road? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The vibrations <laughs> from the road. Yeah. Um, Characteristically and typically, we do not because we come from a dirt bike background. We are not big. Um, I always, yeah. I just like to preface this: we're not big on the vibration thing because we don't notice it as much. Like you don't, you do not really feel unless a bike really vibrates, like two-stroke five hundred vibration <laughs> off road. You just <laughs> don't CR feel it. Yeah, you just do not feel it. Um, but uh, I didn't. I didn't really notice. I mean, yeah, there's times when you could tell it was a little bit buzzy. but I didn't notice it from switching from the stock tires. And so I probably have, I probably have 150 miles on pavement with the stock tires and 150 miles with the big blocks on it right now. And I didn't notice a big change in any vibration feel. And usually when you go from that more round tire onto the, the more knobby tire, you pick some of that stuff up. So I don't think the bike really in my world vibrates at all. It's not, it's not an issue. And you know, some of these guys need to harden the, you know, up a little bit, I, I
1: found there was absolutely no vibration at all. I mean, it was really just nice,
0: and yeah, smooth, yeah, didn't have a problem with it. You know what? George is telling me I need to pull the plug after two hours, but I think it's too late. seven, eight, nine, no, we're getting close. seven oh seven what so pull the plug after two hours, uh have a couple more pulls off of whatever you're drinking, and log back on with a live rant. Like I have nothing i'm i'm in a I'm in a very mellow state right now. I'm good. i'm I was a little stressed at the beginning because um, you know, for the aliens that abducted Gabe that increased my job around here. He also says that he wants strong language violence and some nudity. Strong language <laughs> violence and some whoa. Yeah, wrong show, George. Yeah, like like
1: I mean I pushed it by going uh, calling uh, the DR junkyard bikes. I, that's that's a little, as far as we go.
0: Yeah, you waited right. till you signed off your Instagram account so you could pre- <laughs> it. It's you, on his people. You only yeah. want to piss off my side of the world here and like you want to yeah, go a little bit crooked. So I'll
1: have you on next week and then you can go off on of my crowd.
0: Okay. <laughs> I did that, but I offered good solid advice. I was a very nice guest. <laughs> Hey, so uh, if if you're interested in like learning, if you're you know a more novice rider and you've tripped over this show and you, you've lasted this long, which you know it, it you, you can uh, check out uh, Mark's. What we it's hard to find your your podcasts. You
1: yeah, can- it's well, it's on all three platforms: uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio. Which iHeartRadio is the largest podcast platform.
0: Oh and I need to simp- get on that then.
1: Yeah. And it's simply called Burm Canon Adventure. Right. And we're just talking about all different things, um riding trips, life. Uh I had a, a um a surf health coach on a couple weeks ago. I had Jimmy on. All talking about guys like us getting in shape, living good, eating good. Riding good, finding the right bikes, and then all the tech questions go to Dirt Bike Test. I send everybody to Dirt Bike Test because I'm a stupid idiot, and I just like to twist
0: the. No, throttle. You, you, you have you have good you have good input. I mean, you you everybody. It's I always say everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a feeling for something. It just it depends on like how how much experience that comes the, the background it comes with, and some people you don't care. Most people don't really care, but they 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 like to know you know like get a get a feel for it, just become a little more educated. Especially when it becomes a problem, like that feeling you have, it's like I don't feel comfortable on this or this isn't working out for me. And hopefully we can you know point them, steer them, give them a little bit of you know sage advice. And it's like and you know I, and I love the. Actually, um, remind. Ask me the question. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write a question. You start reading this. I'm gonna write a question down that I want you to ask me. Um, Go next. I do.
1: I do want to also add that I, in the last month, based on my following, there's a lot more people getting interested in writing. Um, Last time I was out here, which was what eight months ago, Mm -hmm. we were kind of talking like, "Wow, like it's kind of." Me and Jimmy have weathered these storms in our industry where we've seen people get out of riding, uh, where it grows, it shrinks, it grows again. Uh, Now it seems like it's shrinking. But on my end, I'm finding a lot more people like in these questions where, hey, I'm 30, I'm 40. I've always wanted to get a motorcycle. What can I do? Point me in the right direction. And that's really good to see uh, for the industry and in general. Uh, you know, for people to buy a motorcycle and use a motorcycle
0: to go see new places. Yeah. And that age group specifically, they, they may have, you know, had some mini bike experience. You know, they may have been like Logan where, you know, Logan's dad's going to kick him out of the house in three weeks, take all of his bikes. um, And then, and then, and then you're, you're going to have to go, you know, start, you know, peeling roofing off the side of the house and, you know, you're going to work all day long, no time to ride. And you're just going to get in this rut out here, it's likely to have three kids by the time you're 22, and then you don't have any money for dirt bikes. But when you get 40 and those kids are now out of the house because yeah. you've kicked them out of the house because they were smarting off to you, um, just like you did to your dad, although you don't talk, so that's kind of hard to smart off, but you probably sent them a bad text, whatever. Um so now you're 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 42 and you're in the same position. It's like, man, I used to really like riding dirt bikes and that was pretty cool. And I, I, well, I used I, to
1: like to race them, but racing's more expensive than a fifteen thousand dollar adventure bike.
0: Yeah, Logan likes racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's expensive. You better be nice to your dad. You know, smarting <laughs> off. I know he preps his mountain bikes. You should prep my mountain bikes. I got some bikes you could race too. <laughs> so, anyways, is that enough of a rant for you, George? Just by the way, did I just go on a rant or tell you some, like, sage advice? Okay, well, back to the questions. Um a couple my, more.
2: My guess, I the real kick in my pants is this is a $4,000 bike motorcycle as is proceeded. As it's produced, produced. produced. And sold in India with import and dealer markup we are at over six thousand dollars that's enough enough extra cash to buy a second motorcycle in India and give one to your friend to go riding with you
0: I didn't follow that a little bit I I, I'm, I <laughs> so Mike's saying that that it's a four thousand dollar bike that they mark up to six thousand. Uh, if you can get it for four thousand dollars, you have enough extra cash. Or even if you get it at six thousand, you have enough extra cash to buy a friend and take them riding with you. So, um, not really sure about buying friends, uh, as <laughs> I think that's what he's alluding to here. Maybe that's something you do in your country, Mike yeah, S. So it's a kind of. It's also an American name. No, where do you? Th- I'm not really sure. I I don't approve of buying friends. Um, just like I don't approve of buying uh, internet followers or whatever else is around there, but uh, yeah, I I have a lot of bikes, <laughs> um, and I don't have that many friends to go riding with. So what does that say about me? <laughs> Next question.
2: Um, Pratham.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Cha 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 Han Cha Yuhan. Pratham Chayuhan.
2: Hi, Mr. Jimmy. That's spelled um, with an I, by the way. Yeah, no Y. Um, I'm from India. I'm also, I also, I'm also, owned KTM Adventure 390, but I'm starting Phase KTM Lounge Lunch.
0: Each word one at a time, because I know it's hard. This one is.
2: <laughs> That's.
0: <laughs> Just remember, can you speak Indian? No, Hindu? No. Well, he speaks English or enough to communicate, so he's smarter than you and me and Mark. So keep trying.
2: Um, start <laughs> phase KTM. Oh, launch.
0: Yeah, I'm starting a. I don't know what that means, but keep going. Yeah, good. Just Not, each word.
2: Non-adjustable suspension can you make one special video for only suspension adjustments for all setup and review what is the difference between adjustable and non-adjustable
1: you know what that tells me jimmy this guy's riding rough roads and he needs help
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's from india he says so. so india i I don't think has the um the the most quality road system in the no. world i would just guess i have not that's one place i've not been um so, uh, Pratham, I, I appreciate you uh, writing in and, and, and doing this. Uh, and Logan really struggled with that because if you, if you could try to read this, it go, you can, can go read the comments and you can see how he wrote it. There's extra periods in there. There's some numbers in there. Um, words phase. <laughs> so uh, we don't know what that means. We can, maybe it was speak to text. Cause my speak to text always come out looking like that. Um, so he's asking about the suspension. I think he's saying that his KTM 390 has non-adjustable suspension uh, and that he knows that ours do. And I, I did respond back to them because I I think if the bike came the way it was for the intended market with the suspension and the stock clickers, stock clicker position, and you just cut them off, you just you can't touch them, I would be pretty happy. I think it does a really good job. And I think for that market, for that level of rider who doesn't really know a lot about that stuff, it it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. And if you never touched them and you didn't have the opportunity to touch them, kind of like on the Honda, you know – it's one of those things Is like, yeah, I, I can modify it and I do this. And I think it, the KTM having it is more of like, hey, it's like them saying, hey, look at these extra features that we have that you don't get right. on, the other, on the other bikes. It's like we have adjustable suspension. The adjustments do work. They do make a difference, and you can tune and adjust it. But how do you actually go about doing that? And so what he's asking is can we make another video that talks about, you know, how we adjusted it and stuff. And here's where I all of a sudden, like, take issue with that is – I don't know how you ride. Right. I, You know, that's they're, they're adjustable so that that bike not only fits like what they consider to be everybody, it fits everybody and you too because you can now add a little bit of compression or take some rebound out or, you know, click or two a spring, spring preload, which is one, one thing I really want to do. I haven't done on the bike yet because I didn't feel the need, but I want to add some spring preload because I always like them when they, they ride a little bit higher because they get a little bit plusher. Right. You know, so there's a... There's, there's a lot of stuff to do um, yeah I, I, I think it would be better if we did a video that, that explained what those knobs do yeah and and say this does this and here's kind of the range you know it works in this range because sometimes the knobs they <clears throat> click 22 times and only 10 of those clicks really quote does anything
1: I find it uh, a lot of people find suspension settings like rocket science to uh, rocket science they really don't know where to start. Uh, there's tons of videos on how to set sag and stuff, but, uh, again, like you said, there's a lot of videos that aren't good. So maybe do a video on, you know, explaining what those clickers do and how they can better set up their KTM in India.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that there'll be kits you know, available with the, you know, you could switch out the cartridges because the external components are probably going to be largely the same. Mm. And I I don't, I I would have to ride or see one of those bikes to comment specifically. And their standard setup may be completely different than what our quote standard setup is. I mean, they could set it up because they know it's going to be ridden with, you know, two, a woman and a small child on the back because their bike also has a, there's a, there's a thing where you can put a A cage over the rear wheel so your dress doesn't get caught in it, which isn't really a concern for me or Mark, but Logan, you know when he when he gets a little bit older, you know because transitioning you know is is interesting these days, and so uh, if that becomes a concern, we I can probably hook you up with um, somebody in India that can send you over that cage so your dress doesn't get caught in the spokes. Or when you have your two or three children in the next few months and you can't afford a real car and you have to have your whole family riding around your motorcycle to get to the the Quickie Mart perump, you know, that's the way things work. <laughs> so always thinking about those things. Are we done with questions, Logan? Yeah. You did a good job tonight. Those are some tough ones. Is this the longest tech talk ever? I think we might be going on that. But it's in lockdown and people have nothing else to do. Um, so <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, I just torture them with this stuff. Uh, some people say this is America. We can do whatever we want. That's right. Um, hey, uh, Let's I, talk about that. Liberties. Uh, hey, we're no no politics. Oh, on this sorry, show. sorry, yeah. sorry. You, you drug me into politics on on the other <laughs> podcast that I do with you. Uh, I tried to get you uh, triggered, but you you stayed calm. Yeah, you stayed calm. No, I'm trying to trying to be safe here. I, I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to thank all the people that help us out, um, especially Climb, uh, Good Gear, um, DDC Racing, Delaney Drive Components. If you need a sprocket, go check those things out um you got to check out berm cannon stuff if you are like if you're watching this show you are bored on the internet right now uh he's got some pretty cool stuff he has a very relaxing voice too sometimes some of his things if you're, if you're looking for something to like you know really kind of taper the mood down your dream of adventure bikes you might slip right into a dream of doing a really awesome adventure bike ride in the places he's gone i want to thank mark for coming out and you're welcome uh, yeah uh and he you know he like I said, when you have free dirt bikes to offer, um then you get friends and stuff like that. Absolutely. Like, but Logan, you're not phased at all by the dirt bikes. I'm like, "Hey, let's go ride." And you're like, mm, "Maybe, <laughs> thanks." sort of. So, but mountain bikes, we're game on, right? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of mountain bike do you got?
2: Um Cannondale.
0: Oh, yeah. fancy. Yeah, so okay. um, I just want everybody to know, just in case anybody uh, is curious. I did kick Logan's ass on the on the mountain bike on the last yes, climb. He did, but going downhill, I have a, I have a lot to work you on. You got a downhill bike, cross country or all mountain?
2: Um, enduro, which is pretty close to an all mountain. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah you he- guys got mountain bike trails out here?
0: Oh, really good. Yeah, really good. Okay, wait. I, 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 it, I'm,
1: I didn't ask you that, Jimmy, because I know what's good for you, which is like gnarly no, rock shale. No, no,
0: no. I I know I'm am <laughs> a, a I'm literally a novice mountain bike rider. Yeah. Are the trails smooth and nice, or they're they little rock little rocky? No. Okay. Ma- oh, maintain and like like engineered like the trails out here are well. So we have two groups of engineers. We have a there's in, in in Vegas, they have an incredible group of of. uh uh, trail enthusiasts that go out and really work on and develop and design. I, I am blown away by the trails. I mean, really? and I, and I build motorcycle trails, so I know they do a good job and they, they do a good job of keeping some of them really secret. And some of it's really good out here. We have a crew of wild horses yes. that do an incredible job of kicking every rock out and making they're perfect for single speeds, wow. like single speed mountain bike trails. Cause the, the horses and donkeys are lazy and and they they drag their feet. The hoof, and, They just kick them out of the they, way. They kick them out of the way. they really? And, they, and, they, and they, they, they 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 follow they follow the contour of the earth. They do not like walking up and down. And so they make these awesome trails. So we've got some actually pretty fun stuff. And it's funny because they're 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 really they're they're a little too twisty and turny for motorcycles. But you can ride a motorcycle on them. Um. But I don't because it's I feel like hey this is a mountain bike trail and I want to kind of keep it like that and and uh, not you know not you, tear it up. And, Logan, do you like the trails around
1: here or in Vegas? both both yeah, yeah they're
0: they're they're different yeah mm-hmm. but it's good you know it depends on kind of workout you want but um, if it's uphill i'm going i'm going to crush you until yes. until you give me a heart attack but if it's downhill i got a i'm never going any faster downhill i'm bad at that
1: logan when you uh get your dad you guys should go do the Downeyville classic in northern california it's a 2 hour downhill mountain bike race
0: what the I didn't turn my phone it's, off. George is it's trying to call awesome. me on my
1: phone. Yeah, he just
0: messaged me. Oh, what's he? What's he want me to yeah, shut yeah. up? You don't you climb. Like you just. Rio, so oh, I'm right over the hill. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I didn't turn my phone off. That's like the first thing. So, anyways, this show is is kind of wrapping up. We're running out of uh, <laughs> running out of energy here. It's like George Nori. Let's keep going till four. Well, oh, we well, we did talk about aliens, and we are in Peru. <laughs> And uh yeah that would be Art Bell is what you're really going after here. That that is literally not too far down the street here. This is where this really? is where really good radio is produced here in Prump, the Valley of the Dirt People. Huh, it's it's for late night is listening. Is it that
1: way over that that mountain where, range?
0: Where, where Oh, well I t- you didn't make it to where I told you to ride today. No,
1: I got scared. I got yeah. He says he says Area 51's over that mountain range. I got it's close. It's true.
0: Yeah. I told him I said when you sit up on the top of the hill it's really simple. You sit up on the top of the hill, and if you look out to the north, that's aliens. And if you turn around and you look back to the south, that's prostitutes. So, I was sitting up there with this really famous motorcycle racer named Daniel Laporte, and uh, he he looked both ways and he said, "I believe in prostitutes." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey everybody, with that, um, we're gonna, we're gonna sign off on this one. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for keeping the crowd uh, for such a long show. Um, maybe we'll stretch this show out for two hours if we have good questions and stuff, and we can pick a topic. I know we have some uh, some interesting stuff coming up, bikes to test. So we will uh, – what are we going to do, Logan? What are we going to do?
2: See you out on the trail.
0: See you out on the trail. Cheers, everybody. We talk a lot about recluse clutches on this show, and recluse is famous for their auto clutch, even though they make lots of different clutch-related components. Specific to the auto clutch, It's a drop-in part that basically does all of the work that you would be doing with your fingers internally inside the motor. It doesn't shift the gears for you. It just operates the clutch pretty much to a perfect level. It's very adjustable. There's lots of different setup options and you can get that clutch to work however you like. You can get it so you never have to touch the lever. There's some setups where you can still use it like a normal clutch, but the bike just won't stall anymore. So Recluse, is responsible for getting these podcasts uploaded. They're supporting this show so you can learn about stuff. And if you want to learn about Recluse, you can go to www.recluse.com. Again, that's R-E-K-L-U-S-E, www.recluse.com.